Hi, do you want to go to a party with me? No, the game's on. Oh, I almost forgot. I'll be right there. We like sports and we don't care who knows. From shooting hoops to the Super Bowl. We like sports and we don't care who knows. Football, football, football. Welcome back to another edition of the NLN Sportscast. I am Frank Conti, and joining me as always is my esteemed co-host Bronson Allman. And we apologize, it's been a good while since we've put something out. I think three weeks, maybe three or four weeks. But uh, we wanted to get on to talk about the world of sports and what's been going on. A lot has been happening. We have the Super Bowl that took place um, between Kansas City and Philadelphia, a big race that Bronson, I'll tease that up. I won't tell you what, but uh, and who won. But Bronson's excited to talk about the big race in NASCAR. And we want to talk some NHL hockey in the pens and a few other topics that come across our mind with a little grab bag, se- grab, grab bag segment at the end. So, Bronson, I won't waste any further time. I'll bring you in here and just uh, see how you've been doing, what you've been up to, and are you excited to talk about the topics we have tonight? No, I'm not excited at all. I'm being held <laughs> here against my will. No, <laughs> uh, no, I'm excited to get back on you, man. I know um, we uh, Frank's been real busy with, with his the big move, mm-hmm. which is what led to the uh, to the Super Bowl preview getting out. I'm in my new head. studio as we speak. Man. Is it my st- my basement studio? He's in the <laughs> studio. Studio. Little take from uh, Phil Collins' this is studio, but great, Bronson. Uh, now I have to pay royalties. I'll write the check uh, to Phil. Collins. No, I made it. I made it. <laughs> so it's trademarked by me. Uh, no, man, just fun. Just get back, get back talking sports with you. I mean, it's kind of like you know, uh, we're kind of clearing the smoke of of the explosions that were the the two biggest Super Bowls in sports. You know, the Super Bowl and the Daytona 500. So we'll clean that up, and then uh, you know, you think with, with the NFL season being over, you know, we're done talking, but you know, the NFL is a year round thing. So mm-hmm. we kind of keep that to the forefront of everything, but um, no, man, it's good to be back talking to you. It's uh, it looks like you're settled in here. I got some things still adjusting here. Uh, been doing, uh, doing a lot of uh, stuff around the house, uh, remodeling, uh, uh, like moving things around, uh, clearing stuff out. So it's been, it's been crazy. Um, no, man, just been working a lot and, uh, Trying to grab some hockey when I can, and uh, right now I'm sure Frank's watching it as long as I am. But um, uh, the Pirates have their first spring training game here, uh, kicking off here momentarily. I'm and, gonna uh, go flip it on. I'm gonna go grab. Yeah, it. yeah, it's on AT&T Sportsnet. Um, uh, but they're showing Andrew, the Andrew McCutcheon returning to the Pirates and stuff right now. But and I mean, as much as I've uh, I've been out outspoken about my apathy of the Pirates over the last couple of years, I mean. I grew up being a big baseball fan. The Pirates were my first love of sports. Uh, uh, going with my grandfather to games um, back at the old Three River Stadium, so um, it's it's sentimental to me, and it's always good when Bucko season rolls around. But no, Frank, uh, just uh, just a lot of crazy stuff. Um, a couple of wrestling events going. I'll be going to here in the, in the spring here. So you know, you know, I'm, I'm always that's WrestleMania heading upon us. Well, I'll probably touch on that momentarily too. So. A whole lot of stuff, usually January, February, you know, you get the Royal Rumble and, you know, the Daytona 500, the Super Bowl. And then now we're, you know, we probably won't talk about this show, if at all, but uh, we'll be kicking into March Madness. And so that's always a big thing. So sports Mm -hmm. is always evolving and it never stops. Can't stop, won't stop. Uh, 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 uh. The little Chappelle show. I always say it's like July 13th is like the only day of the year there's no sports when they have the SEO. 
It's like <laughs> so year round. Well, shout out to Kirk Labor. He said that's the worst day of sports. Yeah. Worst day of sports is day after the All Star Game. I mean, so right now, if you, even if you're an NBA fan, that's heating up. I mean, there's just everything going on right now. Like you said, at March Madness Selection Sunday, I think is three weeks from tomorrow. As yeah. we're, record, we're recording Saturday the 25th, I know you might listen to this a different day, but for reference, Saturday, February 25th, um, like yeah. Bronson said, Pirates uh, making their uh, Grapefruit League debut. I did throw it on in the background. They're taking on Toronto and Bradenton and Andrew McCutcheon's uh, debut with his second stint with the team. He's in the lineup at DH today, batting fourth. Uh, we'll see a lot of Pirates debut too. Carlos Santana. Uh, Connor Joe also with his second stint with the Pirates. We actually drafted him, developed him before uh, trading him, and now he's going to come back full circle. So excited on the mound, Mitch Keller. We'll see if he can uh, be a reclamation project and be the ace this year. So that we'll have that on the. And one thing this is cool too is like yeah, you see right here the Andrew McCutcheon. He's he's uh, he's up on some milestones here, so he'll probably hit almost all these this year. You would think. Yeah, two thousand hits. Two or two hundred homers, three hundred homers. Three hundred homers, yeah. Three hundred. Yeah. That's pretty good. I mean, you say that's three hundred home, three hundred homers, three hundred doubles, and a thousand mm-hmm. walks. Yeah, so that's cool. Those will all be. I mean, it's a it's a seat filler. If anything, a lot of the pirate naysayers will be like, "Well, this is just to try to distract from the losing that'll take place, and maybe put some butts in the seats." But <laughs> no matter what, I, the seats. no matter what, I, I like. I like it, and I'm excited to see him back. An all-time no, great. Oh yeah, I mean, it was he's, a great. He's style. going on the pirate. Ru- I mean, it's a tough spot to get on the pirate Mount Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore's are such great podcast fodder. Like anytime you say like, <laughs> it's but like fodder or filler. <laughs> yeah, well, I, it's like pirate Mount Rushmore is tough because you obviously have to have Clemente, Honus, Wagner. Yeah. Um, the other two spots, you have Ralph Kiner, Willie Stargell, um, and McCutcheon's in in that uh, in that discussion. Yeah. So. Just beating out John Van Benskoten. Barely just beating out. <laughs> I'm surprised. I, then, you, then you do have a couple of those people who, who think the Bonds should be on there. Yeah, that's true, too, because yeah. he did spend a decent chunk here, right? But, but well, uh, Bronson, we'll, we'll get it back on the rails here. Steer it back in the I guess we captain. didn't talk. This is kind of fun. We're ad-libbing. Bronson and I have gone away from show notes just because it's like – I know, I know Bronson does some. He's a little does a little more than homework than I do. But what do you, where do you want to go first? <laughs> uh, Super Bowl, Daytona 500? Yeah, no, no. It's it's probably get best to start with the big stage. And uh, and uh, I'll lead into this, too, because I, 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 I just kind of want to get on this. But, um, yeah, the Super Bowl happened, and uh, – in case you are living under a rock, uh, it is over. The um, the Kansas City Chiefs did defeat the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Frank, I did believe he did pick Kansas City last show, but then when he changed posted, my pick, you yeah. backpedaled, you backpedaled and went with Philadelphia. I pulled a Pompiani. So. I just picked both. In here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I think Frank and I both uh, under undervalued the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. We thought. Patrick Mahomes will be running for his life, and Frankie was anything but that uh, this game. And Patrick Mahomes, and he did, he get he got tackled when it was around the what the end of the first, early second quarter, and all of a sudden the ankle started to flare up. And would he would he finish the game? I had no doubt. I knew what he. I was like, he's gonna finish. It's the Super Bowl. He's if he if he's gonna uh, build a cyborg leg and put it on there, he's gonna he's gonna finish the game. But um, but uh, but no, Patrick Mahomes uh, coming out party and. Uh, it was a it was a high scoring game. I, I I don't think anybody thought it would be a, a defensive battle, um, but um, the vaunted Philadelphia pass rush uh, was was not potent against the Kansas City offensive line. And I know a lot of those guys on that line um, 
you know, took offense to the fact that they were already written off before the Super Bowl started. Um, and, and they kept, kept Patrick Mahomes fairly clean. Um, uh, I'm trying to think, you know, it was, it was kind of a, you know, no Tyreek Hill would, would the Chiefs still be that that lethal team, Frank? And and they've kind of just been uh, receiving by committee, you know, Pacheco, Fontes Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster. We'll probably talk about him very shortly here. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think who else, you know, Kelsey, obviously, the, the big target. And um, uh, Hardman, all those guys that that come in, um, um, Jarek McKinnon, and those guys. But um, but the, the Chiefs won. Frank, the de- uh, the defense was also the Kansas City defense was also kind of been was slid a little bit. Um, yeah, but they had uh, two turn well two turnovers, but one I believe was taken back uh, due to replay review. But uh, lost in all this, Frank, the Philadelphia Eagles do lose the Super Bowl. Uh, this was what Nick Sirianni's second year with the team. Uh, if I'm not mistaken. And so he gets them to the Super Bowl. Um, you know, there was the Andy Reid Bowl uh, slash Kelsey Bowl, the Kelsey brothers. And um, and I'm sure Frank and I will elaborate more on that. But uh, Jalen Hurts in a losing effort, Frank, but he put it. He he was fantastic. If, uh, I thought, yeah, just that that gate where he the ball slipped out of his hand and led to the touchdown. Um but other than that, other than, uh, uh, Jalen Hurts was th- not only their biggest passing threat, obviously, is the quarterback, but uh, their leading rusher and their biggest rushing threat. Um, it, it goes to that. But um, it, it came down to the end. You know, they had uh, Jerick McKinnon slides down, you know, did not get the end. So the Eagles wanted them to score for the chance to get the ball back in Jalen Hurts' hands. That doesn't happen. Um, you know, McKinnon slides down. They kneel the ball, kick the field goal. And Butker hadn't missed a field goal early in the game. I do really – he may, I missed early, I thought, in the game. I could be wrong, but I thought he did. And, but he nails that one. Um, it was a 38-35 score, I think it was, Frank. Mm-hmm. 38-35 score. Kansas City wins the Super Bowl. Andy Reid beats his former team. Uh, so that had to feel uh, not only sweet, not only his second, but, uh, you know, beating the team that basically uh, let, him, let him go in a separate way. Um uh, Nick and um, and I'll say one more thing, and I'll toss this over to you for your reflections of the Super Bowl, Frank. Um, I thought it was an entertaining game. Uh, you knew there was going to be scoring. I think that's what kind of made you excited for the game. You knew it wasn't going to be a twelve ten game, not with these teams and not with with the weapons on both sides. Um, uh, but you know, we, we the old show form, we may go through all the scoring, but I mean, if you watch this show or you listen to the show, watch the show, maybe eventually, but uh, you uh, you saw the game, you could, you could see, you know, who performed and who was there, but you also saw at the end of the game, um, it, it came down to a questionable pass interference call, Frank. Um, Bradbury uh, was covering Juju Smith-Schuster, the former Steeler, and you know it was a little, a little out route or whatever kicked it or zigzag or whatever sluggo or whatever, kicked out. And Bradbury kind of grabs the jersey a little, little grab, little grab, little grab of the jersey, little grab. And it's something that the referees, Frank, were calling the whole entire game. And, but that, but it was an and I the the, the ball was nowhere near Juju Smith Schuster, which is kind of why the reason why I, you know the the call's gotten a, a backlash from from critics and, and and media members and and maybe even you when you you rebut here, but. Um, I thought it was the right call, but the fact that you were letting everything go and then you decide to call that is where I have the problem. Uh, but anyway, Juju gets his jersey grabbed. They, they, the ball is, you know, is at least tw- 20 yards ahead of Juju, it seemed. They throw the flag and they, they, they give, you know, that was the dagger, basically. That was the dagger that allowed Kansas City to kick the field goal and, uh, and, and, and win the Super Bowl. But Frank, I'll kick you in on this. Your reflections of the Super Bowl. Mahomes did win Super Bowl MVP. 
Um, that's, I believe, his second, right? He won the first Super Bowl MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's his second Super Bowl MVP. Uh, talks about Mahomes being a already being a Hall of Famer if his career ended tomorrow. Um, but uh, and I, I hate it. Who's the Hall of Famer? And even when Stafford won the Super Bowl last year, is he a Hall of Famer? All that stuff. <laughs> um, but, um, uh, but kicking it to you, Frank, your reflections of the Super Bowl, your reflections of the call, uh, the Chiefs' legacy, where do the Eagles go from here? I know uh, Nick Sirianni, who we, we both are not fans of, as we established last show. I did like that he did say at the end of the game, it was not Bradbury's fault. You know, he did hold, but one play does not make a game. You know, the, the miss execution early, the Jalen Hurts fumble. It's a, it's a plethora of all the things that build up to that moment. Um, so I will take Nick Sirianni's back, although we were burying him pretty hard last show. I do think he's kind of a, I do think he's kind of a, a jack wagon sometimes. But I thought he was great in, in how he summarized this team's effort. And he said the Chiefs are just the better team. Um, and Bradbury came on and said, yeah, I, I held him. You know, I'm not, I don't, I don't deny it. I held them. But I think the thing of what makes the fans uh, kind of turn against Kansas city is they beat Cincinnati because of a, of a call. They win mm-hmm. the Super Bowl because of a call. Um, and they think that, that the Patrick Mahomes, you know, Patrick Mahomes is, is not, a he's not been, he's, his popularity has kind of went down a little bit lately. Um, with with the fans and stuff, and feel that maybe the NFL or maybe uh, uh, forces beyond our reach here is, is trying to basically serve up Mahomes with all this stuff. But um, I delay no further, Frank. I throw it to you. Uh, reflect on all of that You're watching the game and and now uh, your your takes overall. Well, that was a great summary, Bronson. I love your takes. Um, I want to start off by saying the commercials were terrible. <laughs> yes, they were. They really were bad. But uh, no, just I yeah, I, that's, I'm not one that usually like. Watches the game for the commercials like a lot of people I like, do. I like I like the grease one with with uh, the yeah that's that's a popular Donald, one. Yeah. Donald uh, Donald Fison and then Zach Braff that was funny Travolta. But no to the game I mean and I guess I'll start with the end. Um, I'll kind of work backwards because you you know that's the, been the most debated topic the Bradbury hold and I've gone back and forth on this because you know we always talk about this with playoff hockey. And you know how differently they change the way they call the games in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, they they let so much more go. And um, it's it's hurt teams like the Penguins in the past because t- teams are allowed to just, you know, hug and clutch and grab Crosby, Malkin and um, and the superstars. But like you said, you're, the, the point, the best point you made was they weren't calling it all game. And. Yes, the ball was very uncatchable. It's hard to determine if it, how uncatchable it would have been if he wasn't held. I get that. And it is holding. I mean, if you look at the play, week, week one, first quarter in September, that's a hold. Super Bowl with 10, 20 seconds left, that's a hold. Um, interesting you said about Sirianni postgame. I didn't hear it, but I would have liked him to say that's on me. And I, I've been saying this all along. If you, you know. These people need to play Madden and 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 think about the clock because it's a Madden thing. And Jarek McKinnon certainly did. And Ahmad Bradshaw, you know, a decade ago tried to, but actually fell in the end zone against. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've seen Maurice Jones Drew do it in the regular season, and um, somebody from the Ram, Todd Gurley, did it. Um, smart play, fall down, don't score, run the clock out, kick a field goal. Dan Quinn should have done it in the playoffs and or in the Super Bowl in the twenty-eight-three game. Um, 
Dan Quinn and the Falcons were about at the Patriot 30. So they were looking at like a 47 yarder indoors for, I think it was Matt Bryant, yeah. um, a solid kicker. All you got to do is run the ball three times and kick a field goal. And you go up by two scores with about a minute left there. Instead, they get sacked. They have to punt. Brady comes down, ties it overtime, wins it. We have that legendary comeback. Dan Quinn should never coach again because of that. Um, <laughs> but uh, and, and he was up for some of the head gigs. Right, right. Yeah. So, but, but like what, what I say is I think it's, it's a coaching thing because you have to tell your team don't commit a pass interference or hold because an automatic first down lets them kneel, kneel, kneel field goal. So I know it's hard to retrain muscle memory in the brain, but instead of holding there, a wide open touchdown to Juju is, is better for the Eagles than the hold. So just let him, if you're beat, you're beat let him score like you wanted to let McKinnon score. You could have just let Juju score, but I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not there. I'm not in the trenches. I know well, yeah, that. that was what, that was a third down play. If you stop yeah. him there, then right. So, yeah. but you know, it's, it's hard to, to be a critic and say like, don't hold it all. But if you're beat, you're beat. Cause a score is better than a penalty. It's kind of weird, but in that instance, a, a letting them score is better than a penalty, but yeah, retraining your brain, your muscle memory, everything. Well, like I mean, that. you're 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 in the you're in the pressure in the speed of the game. I, I right. it, it's hard it's hard it is hard to, to to apply logic to something that's moving that fast. Mm-hmm. And I I think so, I think if, I think if Bradbury had a 2020 vision now, or, you know, you know, hindsight, hindsight right. yeah, that he I think he probably would have. But yeah, it's tough. So and I then, bring that up, sense, especially when you've been getting away with it most of the game. You probably figure, yeah, you know, maybe I can. I have true. a little bit, you know, and and uh, and uh, but. And and not to get and I'll I'll hit this and come back to you, but mm-hmm. and then and then just some of the, I mean just some of the things Juju was saying, and then of course now he's back on social media. He's making that shot, took that shot at Bradbury on, yeah, on the, social the media. Valentine's Day. I I'll, I'll hold you or something like a yeah. And, and then the uh, he got just buried on Twitter. AJ he's Brown, gonna, yeah, AJ Brown. He's going to be one of the most hated players in the league because like <laughs> you, you don't like you know dog your your um fellow um. That's a fraternity, even if, you know, yeah. NFL players, you don't dog each other like that. So he's going to, which I mean, other, than, other than the hold next year, <laughs> other than the hold, I mean, he doesn't, he didn't even contribute much to the game at all. No, that one drive, that final drive, I think he had three or four catches and drew the, the game winning penalty, but he was quiet all night and he was quiet, uh, you know, most of the year he had, I think maybe 80 catches, but not high touchdown numbers. He was like their third option. Um, didn't didn't light it up like so many people think and a lot of people think he's a Mahomes creation and before that he was an AB creation yeah and he was wide open because AB <laughs> was the number one but you're not you're not you're not to sound better you know but, you know uh, let's say a scorned X you know I mean I guess congrats to him for winning a Super Bowl him mm. he is a Super Bowl AB is a Super Bowl yeah um, um so and, crazy yeah, but Lev doesn't. <laughs> or no, he wasn't on. He wasn't on Tampa. I don't think he got a ring. No, he he was on Kansas City when they lost to Tampa. So I I was saying. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was telling people no matter what. McCoy was on Tampa when they won the Super Bowl. I thought Bell might have been practice squad late with the Chiefs yeah. that year, but yeah, he no. was. No, I think you're right. But I think yeah. when it so lost McCoy, to Tampa, yeah. McCoy was on Tampa. Yeah. Right, because he got uh, he has yeah. two rings and yeah. mop up duty, but but now back to it. I mean that I, I'll give my thoughts on it, whether or not it should have been called. Um, I don't think it should have been called. And my initial reaction when watching the game was like, "You telling me I just spent three hours watching one of the best Super Bowls of all time? It was so back and forth, so much offense, two great quarterbacks, and to have it end like that kind of puts a sour taste in your mouth." Um, it's one of those, you know, 
calls that's not very egregious. Like it wasn't as egregious as that Saints Rams playoff one, the one time no, where, yeah. where he totally knocked him out of the way when the ball oh, was the one, the one that brought back re, uh, challenging replay for one year. <laughs> yeah, which is like a new discussion that spawned from this. Like, but no, I, I really wish the rest wouldn't have called it. But for them, it's muscle memory too. When they're looking at plays and they see it, they 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 throw the flag. So they're not thinking. They, you know, they're so yeah, they're yeah. they're dialed in too. But well, then I, I wanted to get quickly get your opinion on like I, I said before I threw it to you. Um, you know, two big games, title game and Super Bowl, both determined by the refs. Yeah, that's what stinks. Like, you don't want to see it happen. And I've already given my opinion on this show of how bad the, the Bengals <laughs> got screwed. Well, you and I both agreed the Bengals got royally screwed. Yes. Because Mahomes, you know, remember, he barely stepped out of bounds and to call that hit. I mean, and on the play, there was all kinds of holding on on, on the Bengals pass rushers. But yeah. uh, but no, the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. Sirianni said it because of other reasons. You, you don't want to give away a, a, a fumble touchdown. Yeah, you know, they were they were up 14-7. Hertz kind of had that funny where he like lost he it slipped out of his hand. Um there was almost a second one later in the game like you said that they called back which I thought could have been a bad call as well. I thought that was a fumble too. They called it incomplete pass. So yeah. they locked out there on a second defensive score, but you 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 allow a defensive score, you blow a 10-point lead at the half. Um, a lot of other things that they can point to that, the, why they didn't win that game. Um, but I just, overall, one of the probably top five Super Bowls I, you know, ever, maybe, maybe top three that I've seen, um, just the, the back and forth nature tied, you know, up seven tied up seven, like the whole game, mostly touchdowns, like a few field goals are sprinkled in, but. Um, I was predicting overtime, you know, pretty late in the game. I'm like, this is looking like we're going to get overtime. Um, so it's just two. And we called for this two evenly matched teams, all the stats all year, same record, same number of all pros, same number of points scored. Um, there are so many eerie kind of like Kennedy Lincoln, you know, that like Kennedy had a secretary <laughs> named Lincoln. Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy. You know that whole thing uh, with with uh, Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy. Well, it was like that with the Chiefs and, and Eagles, like Andy Reid connection, Kelsey brothers, um, Sirianni being fired by Reid, um, all kinds of crazy um, kind of coincidences with this game, and it turned out to all point towards. Um, just a great Super Bowl to watch. A little bit, little bit tarnished by that ending. I would have liked to have seen them decided on the field. Um, and uh, you know, the the Chiefs would have kicked the field goal there with with time on the clock. If, if like you said, assume that goes to fourth down, um, they would have still taken the 38-35 lead. But Hertz would have had a chance to with the ball in his hand and uh, you know a chance to get him down to tie it and to force overtime or get a touchdown and win it. We all, the whole world, wanted to see. Just like we wanted to see Josh Allen get a chance to um, come back and answer the Mahomes touchdown two years ago, which prompted the rule change and over. Yeah, um, we wanted to see Hertz get a chance to answer, but you know the Chiefs. Sometimes that doesn't happen. The Chiefs ran out the clock. You had the penalty. It is what it is. Um, it was one of those whoever has the ball last is going to win. I thought the Eagles could have done a little bit better in the desperation. They did have like. Um, eight seconds, I think, at the end. And the Chiefs were playing so back. I thought they could have completed two passes and got at least close enough for a Hail Mary. Um, but they didn't even get anywhere close to a Hail Mary. They let, like, too much time run off the clock. They had yeah. one. So those are hard. I mean, you can't – those those are very low percentage um, plays. But if they could have got a couple 
um, out of bound, quick little outs to try to get Hertz in his like range to be able to reach the end zone. Maybe the rest feel bad and throw a flag and like <laughs> give them a makeup call and they can then, you know, one untimed down. You always hope for that, that, that Hail Mary penalty because you get the one untimed down where they could have kicked the field goal and tied it. But it was not to be. Kansas City wins their, their second Super Bowl. Mahomes is second, his second MVP. Cementing his legacy. I mean, if you have more than one ring, you're in that upper echelon. There haven't been many. Um, off the top of my head, you have Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, Joe Montana, of course, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning. Troy Aikman. Um, Troy Aikman with three. I, I don't remember the Reds. The Redskins won three, but I don't remember the quarterback. Doug but, Williams. Um, it was Doug Williams. Mark um, Rippin. Mark Work Rippin. On the third. Did, did they win three with three different quarterbacks? That's a good they nugget. Might have. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, Theismann, right? Theismann might have been the other. So that's crazy. Yeah. yeah so there, it's a small list of, of quarterbacks that have won two. Mahomes gets on that list and he's only 27, 28 years old. Um, everybody's thought he would strap the cap situation with his huge deal and it kind of cost him Tyree Kill. Um, Kelsey's probably going to stick around, um, take a team friendly deal to because he's towards the end of things. Um, yeah. But, I mean, but they filled in, like you mentioned the names Valdez Scantling. Yeah, Juju. Um, Hardman. Hardman. Hidden. Pacheco. Yeah. And the way they use their backs, they, I love Pacheco, the rookie out of uh, Rutgers, late round pick. They give him number 10, and he actually kind of looks like Tyreek Hill in the field. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I think they did that on purpose. Um, and that they split the carries, and they they even had Ronald Jones, former Buccaneer, you know, kind of as a power yeah. back. He didn't get a carry in the in the Super Bowl, but uh, he was dressed, I how think. About, how about the fall of Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, he's like, scr- yeah, and that was a Super first Bowl. round pick. I mean, that was crazy. They used the first round pick Mark, on him. I remember Mark, Mark Madden was even talking about that with Matt Williamson and he, on his show, a Madden show. He said he wanted the Steelers that year to take Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He thought he was a huge prize, mm-hmm. you know, talent. I think LSU, they, he was on that team with Burrow and everybody, I think. Yeah. And then the, how, how the mighty have fallen, you know, maybe, Maybe he gets a chance maybe in the offseason to go find, you know, maybe change the start. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to get healthy, too. It's been injuries for him. Yeah. It's been a constant, constantly on IR. And then he loses his job to Pacheco and McKinnon, two similar backs. Yeah. So now you the, the third option of that it all can do the same thing. And Edwards Alaire doesn't offer anything different than them guys. No. And then uh, uh, I'll get I'll, I'll wrap this up. But I. I want to do a 30 second reflection. So Frank and I are watching the pirates coverage of the spring yeah. training game. And so I keep, every time I see Derek, Shelley, he looks so much like Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Every I know, time you I always say, say that. He looks, I, know. I, mean, I just can't, every time I see him talk, but, and just the two things that came with, with me, Frank, other than of course the chief's greatness, but Jalen hurts and a losing effort minus the fumble. The stats were incredible. The passing and rushing stats. I think if you're an Eagles fan, you got to love what you have here. And now the thing is you're going to have to lock this guy up long-term soon. So, you know, get ready, Howie Roseman, for that deal. And secondly, Frank, another controversial role, you know, that's been talked about now is the uh, – well, I, I know it is the Matt Leonard reggie Bush thing. Uh, but obviously the, 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 they're quoting at the, quote, tush push where guys can push the runner, the ball carrier. I've called for that. The yeah, I hope it gets outlawed. Yeah, I've been see, I'm pumped. against you. I like it. I like no, it. It's, it's not, I don't think, I mean, that's like 1920s football again. Like, well, a lot of people were saying, <laughs> a lot of people were saying, 
a lot, a lot of people, were, you know, like I think Sean Payton even came on and said, he goes, well, if we're allowed to do this, I'm going to do it every play. Like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Really, if you think about it, if you have four downs to get 10 yards and you do that four times, you could probably get 10 yards. Like it's going it, to, I, I think it's too high percentage. Like every single third or fourth and one or inches is converted. It takes away, I don't know what, I mean, maybe defenses will get a chance to punch back and figure it out. One time, I think Dunlap of the Chiefs tried something different and like jumped over like Paul Amalu style, <laughs> but like he got, you know, it didn't help. Like it's, it just seems unfair. It's, it's kind of like the leaping rule on blocking kicks. You can't oh, jump on yeah. like they, which they finally implemented, but I think I hope the competition committee looks at it. college is bad too. They they do yeah, it in college. They do third and it's, inches, fourth and inches used to be like exciting, fun plays. What's going to happen? And teams used to punt maybe because oh we don't think we can get it. Now they're going for it, and the success rate's like ninety nine percent because you're allowed to. The defense can't get any momentum, but the offense is allowed to have a guy come get momentum and push. It just seems I I don't I, I never your, liked it from the start. I get I get your point. Uh, I still disagree with you, but I get your point. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, I mean, they've already talked about some of the rules already. Uh, what's changed, whatnot, and um, but no, that's the Super Bowl. And Frank is, of course, you know, with the Chiefs awarded Chiefs awarded the Super Bowl. We head to the off season, and we've. Already got a plethora of story. I mean, the NFLs can't stop, won't stop, as I yeah, said, like mentioned earlier. Um, Derek Carr released by the Raiders. Uh, well, they tried to trade him to the Saints, Frank, and then mm-hmm. he used his no trade clause to veto that. Didn't want to go there. Yeah. Well, no, well, not only did he not want to go there, uh, Colin Coward said this was a great point for him too. He said, "Why would Derek Carr want to go to a team that's going to have to give up draft capital to get him? Then when you're there, you don't have that help, to, you know, to give you weapons to give you help because they've given it up to get you." Yeah, you know, push the Raiders' hand, force them to release you, which he, which he did, and then the Raiders uh, acquiesced and they they released mm-hmm. him. He's been visiting the Jets. That's been the lead uh, stuff, you know. Of course, the Aaron Rodgers saga. And, yeah, you know, also and, rumored and, to the Jets. Yeah, uh, his his four hours in his darkness retreat. <laughs> that was funny on McAfee's show. I kept thinking about the uh, WCW wrestling angle of when Hulk Hogan went into the Dungeon of Doom. I wanted to make a <laughs> you know, think of Aaron Rodgers in the Dungeon of Doom, the darkness, the four-hour darkness retreat. Um, that's where that's at, Frankie. Um, um, did yeah, Brady re- Brady retired when we had the last show, right? Yeah, he he retired. Yeah, he retired. we we talked about it. Yeah, yeah so. I, I, I probably we had mentioned. Brady. And then Brady's we're probably we're probably it, a it month. Is, a it is twelve fifty nine. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was gonna say we're we're about a month away from our quarterback carousel, our favorite episode yes. of the year. So I'm excited. It just turned from 12:59 to 1 p.m. on Saturday, um, February 25th. And yes, Tom Brady is still retired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but could um, change by the end of the show. It could possibly. <laughs> I keep and, seeing uh, little posts, like you know, clickbait posts that are like two teams that could lure Brady out of retirement. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. This is Adam Schefter, ESPN. Everybody yeah. always, of, of course, says the 49ers um, because Brock Purdy has the Tommy John surgery now and they're his hometown team and they're so close to winning. Um, and then other people have been saying the Dolphins, but that was if they would get Sean Payton and they didn't get Sean Payton. No. They were marrying the two together, Brady and Peyton, but now Peyton is in Denver with Russell Wilson. So it's really 
Back to New England would be the other rumor where they would trade Mac Jones, um, get Brady, get get Garoppolo back as a backup, and like trying to kind of go circa 2017 all over again. Um, <laughs> oh my but, goodness! But but uh, that, that's the whole these these teams rumored to to lure Brady out again. Forty oh, ers and you know as soon as someone gets gets hurt in camp, they're they're gonna call they're gonna call Tom. And it's yeah, unreal. like like if you like a team that's ready to contend and like loses their quarterback in camp, yeah, <laughs> no, no, but um, I was gonna say I uh, but actually no, another off season, Peyton to the Denver Broncos. We we, we touched mm-hmm. on that last show, and um, and that's overall about it. Coaching carousel, not much really changed too much. The enemy moved to he he made a lateral move to the Washington Commanders just to get uh, more control of the offense. We uh, yeah. Andy Andy Reid was still calling plays, so yeah. And I think maybe and a better chance to maybe uh, move up the ladder. Maybe if, if the Commanders you know off to ever get rid of Rivera, maybe who knows? Yeah, but, maybe Ron Rivera. We don't know. Maybe he said something like I'm I'm going to retire in a few years, and they want the enemy as a coach in waiting. Yeah, um, and Bieniemy wants to go, you know, prove his chops and you know a couple years in Washington. If he can prove that it wasn't Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, it was like, you know, I know what yeah. I'm doing. He'll he'll get a head coaching job somewhere. So and then just just some just some coordinators that moved around. And what's funny is um uh, uh Vance uh, Vance Joseph or whatever, the former uh. Broncos head coach goes, goes back. back as as decent. Defensive that has to be kind of, that's got to be strange. Yeah, they actually interviewed Rex Ryan too, and they did. Which I didn't think he Rex was going to ever come back to coaching. That would have been interesting to see Rex Ryan under Sean Payton. And One new. Go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I, I know. No, I was I was going to quickly say uh, to move it back to Steeler news. Um, uh, Brian Flores, defensive coordinator of the Vikings. So he leaves Pittsburgh and becomes defensive coordinator of the Vikings. Yeah, which is like an upgrade for him. He was defensive assistant here, so he gets the D coordinator position and then a chance to, you know, the 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 Vikings were close last year, and if he improves that defense, they might actually, you know, be a real threat to go to the Super Bowl, and then he could b- boost his uh, odds of becoming a head coach again. I was interested. What I was about to say was. Um, they, both Eagles coordinators getting plucked. You know the yeah. team that the team that lost the Super Bowl um, still had such an impressive year. Um, Shane Steichen, uh, their offensive coordinator, goes to the Colts, yeah. and I I don't even remember his name, but the D coordinator went to the Cardinals. Yes, I, oh yeah, he's one the one that looks like the guy from uh, Impractical Jokers. <laughs> yeah, he kind of looks like a nerd. He, like it's funny, but, he looks like and, Mur from Impractical and their Jokers. defense, which I guess was okay this year, like kind of looked terrible in the Super Bowl. So it's kind of hard to imagine how he got a job after that performance. But um, no, Steichen, yeah, Steichen, who's a guy you don't know much about, but um, had a great great offense with the Eagles. Um, this year, so he gets a shot to take over that Colt team, which fired Frank Reich in the middle of the season uh, last year. Frank Reich goes to the uh, Carolina Panthers, which we we might have said that in an earlier show, but just uh, recapping it, Frank Reich will be the new leader of the Carolina Panthers, which I like. I like the move. I think Frank Reich got kind of a raw deal in Indianapolis. I thought he was a good coach. He, that team was, uh, you know, rattled by injuries. Um, couldn't figure out the quarterback situation, kind of got a raw deal, and Indy gets a new chance at, at life with Carolina. Um, 
But yeah, I'm excited to see a lot of the new faces and new places this year in the NFL. Um, it's kind of that, that Arizona job is a tough job to take. So good luck to that that guy, that defensive coordinator that got that job. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if we'll still see it now. And the, the, the new league year starts March 15th. I, I think maybe all the carousel with coaching is done, but we might see another move or two. But um, yeah, excited for that. Excited to see some the free agency. Um, new, new teams in new places, the draft will be coming up. Um, you know, Steeler news wise, you know, who's going to be the backup quarterback to pick it. Like we all know now last yeah. e- last season was the three man competition this season. We know there's no drama. It's Kenny Pickett's team, but, um, interesting nugget came out that we heard that Mason Rudolph would accept coming back if he gets number two. So he yeah. must have, he must be uh, resigned to the fact that I guess people in his camp are telling him, Mason, look, I don't think you're cut out to be an NFL starter. So you should go somewhere and look for number two backup money. Um, he's come to that realization and where else would he, you know, why uproot your life? If you could be number two in Pittsburgh, make five, $6 million. Um, he already knows the offense. If Pickett gets hurt, we know the concussion pit, uh, history. Um, Rudolph slides in and is the guaranteed number two, but that would be if Trubisky would get cut. So Rudolph's camp is kind of telling the Steelers, we will sign back here at a, at a discounted backup money rate. If, uh, you guarantee us that Trubisky has gone and I'm the number two. So that'll be interesting because Trubisky is, Trubisky has indicated he's, he's would come back. He has one more year left on that deal at like 10 or 11 million, which hurts. Yes. 10 million reasons why he would definitely come back. (laughs) That hurts the Steelers cap. And if we could cut him and get Rudolph back, I would like that. I don't know if it's a, we, I kind of vote for a fresh start and get just getting a veteran backup, like bring in a Jacoby Brissett, bring in, you know, anybody out there. Yeah, I mean, because, I don't know. I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with just. I mean, I mean, you already have him on the team, and I, I know it's a cap hit. But I mean, but here's the deal. I don't, I just don't know if, if where they'll spend that cap money is somewhere I I I would want them to spend it. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, offensive line, secondary, linebacker. You know, Bobby Wagner is rumored. He just got cut. Um, Steelers would love to get him. Um, I know so, um, Matt Williamson said that maybe, you know, in the offseason that maybe the Steelers should try to see what they could do to uh, to try to bring back Javon Hargrave. Yeah, they, ever since he left here, we missed him and he really uh, flourished in Philadelphia because we need help on the on the interior D line uh, for sure, too. Um, secondary inside linebacker, you know, the whole Devin Bush failure. So terrible to to waste picks and trade up and what a terrible tenure. Maybe injury was the cause and. Maybe it was a little bit of a head case. Um, as the Pirates debut here, there's the pitch clock, a big, big topic. I was going to mention that when you were talking. I, I love this pitch clock. I saw yeah. I saw Manny Machado is very – I mean, a lot of guys are, but he's – He already the got the automatic strike called. It, it can hurt the batter too. It's, it's mostly for pitchers to speed it up, but the batter has to be in there before eight seconds. He has to be ready, and Machado was still checking the batting gloves. And um, I don't love how big it is. Um, in the background, but I guess you have to make sure pitchers the pitch, gotta see it. Yeah. pitchers got to see it. I, I think it's a little bit distracting for the broadcast. Um, I think maybe they should maybe somehow find a way to get it out of shot in the broadcast um, and put it maybe on the little. I mean, I mean, see, see the wide view right now. You could probably yeah. bring the camera in a little bit, right? Right. I, I think it just distracts me as a viewer. And I think it could be put on the score bug. Um, yeah. They have something. What's that number thirty in the score bug? I wonder. That's a new thing for AT and T Sports. This. Uh, 
yeah, this, this is the, the the feed here, and uh, we're we're gonna touch on AT and T Sportsnet when we wrap the show up. But um, speaking of them, yeah, yeah. Um, also no, that's, that wraps up Super Bowl and probably wraps yeah. up kind of NFL <laughs> talk. Um, we're veering towards pirate baseball. No, but it's no, but Frank and I are excited because you know, you know, even though you know. We just want to see the the buckets up, but no, I mean, Frank, NFL is ever evolving. Obviously, um, franchise tag periods now. Guys are going to tag. Will Lamar Jackson be tagged? What which designation tag will he get? Um, you know, the Cowboys. What's going to happen with the Tony Pollard's going to be a free agent? Um, and what will happen with Zeke? Uh, what else have they've talked about? I mean, just so many things that they got to think about. Uh, the Giants, Frank. Uh, you know, you have both unrestricted free agents and Saquon Barkley and and Daniel Jones. Um, a lot of people think that maybe they'll try to franchise Jones and try to uh, work out a long term deal with Saquon Barkley. Some people think maybe the other way around. Um, I saw some. It's funny because I I, uh, I saw some hot takes. I've been at work. I have ESPN on on our on our our bank TV and. A lot of a uh, lot of uh, hot takes and just kind of give you a little something to chew on before we get into the next time or when we film our quarterback carousel episode or, or you know, transactions. Um, the one was uh, the hot take was I believe it was Marcus Spears said the, the hot take he thought that Saquon Barkley would get traded to the Bears. They would they would trade him to the Bears. It's like a sign and trade deal there. He would go to the Bears. Uh, Mike Tannenbaum, I think it was Tannenbaum, or maybe another guy said that he thinks that the the Buffalo Bills trade for tra- um, for Derrick Henry. And, oh and, man, <laughs> yeah. <Can you> imagine. <laughs> and um, what was another one? I mean, I, I told you last episode the one where they thought that Lamar would, the Ravens would find a way they would like trade Lamar to the, the Dolphins or whatever, and then they would get a deal done. And then the one that um, RG three said that he thinks um, whether or not whether they keep Lamar or don't keep Lamar. Um, that he it's it's not as a huge hot take as you think, but he thinks that the Ravens will draft Stetson Bennett in the draft because of uh, Georgia's offensive coordinator now going over to the Baltimore. I think, I think that's what happened. There. I mean, Bennett's not one of those high round guys. Like he, yeah, like he, like, yeah. Like Lamar said he, they would take him at the end of the draft because he has <laughs> a knowledge of, a knowledge of that offense and how many years he's played at college that that would be a good viable backup for Lamar. It's just something. I, it's weird because the whole office is around Lamar, but yeah. I mean, who knows what will happen? But but those are some good ones. And now Frank and uh, like Frank and I are finding ourselves watching this TV here, uh, watching the, uh, the the Bucko Spring Training game as O'Neill Cruz uh, will lead off for the battle. The battle of Very excited to see what he does this year. All kinds of talent hits the ball so hard. I think like Statcast has him as like five of the top ten. Uh, batted balls uh, last year. Exit so. velocity. Yep, trying That's to, what we love now. Exit velocity. So excited to see what he does in a full season. You know, strikeouts got to get down. Um, discipline's got to get better. But there, I agree. I can't wait. We might be able to have Barnsey on again for a pirate preview. Listen, um, Bar- in about three weeks from now, maybe. I have to get in touch with him. I have to get in touch yeah. with his agents. I know he's a busy man, so yeah. I have to get him on. <laughs> no, Barnsley and I actually went out. We went out on the town Saturday in Cranberry. We we nice. reconnected, not being together for a couple months. And uh, I think Barnsley and I might be planning a trip to Bradenton next year. I think we might want to take taking us some spring training ball down there. I it's always been on my bucket list of sports. Me too. You might have to see if I'm. A, yeah, I, Frank, I, I could be interested as well. Run. There's room in the car for you. Let's go. I could be interested as well. So, but no, I mean, uh, yeah, we, we won't touch too much on the pirates today. I can't wait. We should have like a pirate preview episode in a few weeks. 
I where got it's you. The we'll only top where it's the only topic um, well, du jour, but I'm excited. And for and it. And did we did we touch last episode that the Pirates do now have the number one pick of the draft? Again. Yeah, that's, that's cool too. Too bad it's a year where there's not really a standout stud. Um, yeah. Nobody really knows who What's they're going to take. What's going on, by the way? And I'm, 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 I've been out of the baseball bubble for a while. I try to, you know, I use you kind of to stay in it. But mm-hmm. um, what's Tamar Johnson's status? He was injured. Um, There's a little bit of concern that um, it was serious, but I don't think it's as serious as I initially thought. And he was already sent down to minor league camp. Yeah. So they were going to give him a look with the the, the Bradenton um, club, but he's been already sent out to the backfields. Gotcha. They they call it the backfields. There's like a complex in Bradenton where the major league team is, and then they have all the you know all the scrubs from like the low A rookie ball. <laughs> I don't mean scrubs per <laughs> no, se. I know, you know like guys. But um, yeah. no offense to those guys, but the the some of the the, the, the lower riders. level younger guys. <laughs> yeah. So they thought Termar might get uh, a look with the big league camp. A little longer and then get sent down kind of towards you know as they start to round out the roster but he got yeah. sent he got sent immediately because of the injury nothing really of concern um he's still early in his development still three four years away from from pittsburgh so hopefully that injury gets right we saw that that last year with henry davis there was some scares because he had the broken hand yeah and, and it's like yeah. oh, it stunted his development but Henry Davis, a Pirates' top prospect, the catcher, the former number one overall pick, should be in uh, Altoona to start, and will definitely probably knock down the door of Triple A this year. Frank, he'll be knocking. Yeah, down. yeah, and he'll All be right. no- he'll be knocking down the door of Indy uh, quickly after yeah. that if he tears the cover off the ball in Double A. Wow. Um, he f- you can't forget he was a college player, so he's probably he's twenty four years old yeah. already. Well, so they, they're they're speeding up the clock on him. Well, I was thinking about I uh, I try to go since I went last year. I try to uh, for um, I went to an Erie uh, Seawolves game, mm-hmm. and so maybe I might try to head up there if they play Altoona. It might be nice to sneak up there and, and grab a game. That ballpark UPMC Park up there is beautiful. I always uh, thought that that should be the Pirates affiliate, and maybe they tried to make it work, but they're the Detroit Tigers, which yeah. isn't far, also not far. Or they could have been Cleveland, but Cleveland has their double-A team in Akron. Yeah. One of the best names ever, the Akron. Akron Rub, Ducks. <laughs> but um, they were the Akron Arrows forever, A-E-R-O-S. Oh, like um, the Houston they, Arrows, yeah. They changed it for uh, to the to the Rubber Ducks about 10 years yeah, ago. I, I, think I, might, I think I might head up to Erie and check out. I might, and hopefully he'll be you know not injured and maybe still with the club by then. I'd love to go up and check him out uh that that park's beautiful. I love going up there and watching games up there. It's, I I I have a fondness for Erie when I interned with the Otters. So right. I mean, I just I I have such a fondness for for their sports culture and everything there. But well, Bronson, no, I I want to throw yeah, I want to move on yeah, to our next me. topic. I think uh, <laughs> I I feel like we should go the NASCAR route next and. Bronson from one maybe, Super Bowl to another Super Bowl. Right. Bronson, maybe get a drink of water before this segment kicks off because it's going to be mainly you. Now, I tuned in here and there. I was flipping back and forth to the, uh, I believe, NBA All-Star game. I, there, It was up against that something. Sense. That makes there sense. There was a, that Sunday, it was up against something <laughs> and I was flipping. Um, but uh, yeah, but uh, Bronson's our NASCAR, uh, our res- our NASCAR insider, I'll call him. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll st- I'll tee it up for him. And I had an interesting take on the finish, which was pretty controversial. I did text Bronson when I saw that. I did watch the end. I want to get his thoughts on that. And uh, yeah, just just your thoughts on uh, how the Fords ran, how the Chevys ran, Toyota. Um, Ford came in as a big favorite. I heard. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, you know how the cars looked, and then you know let us know how it all shook out down at the the, the Super Bowl of racing. Yeah, and first off, before we get into it. Uh, last episode, I was joking with Frank. I, I made pre-recorded messages. Congratulations to fill in the blank for winning. And I, I didn't get any of those Martin Truex Jr. ones. So I didn't get one. For, of course, it would be someone I didn't preordain as the winner. But congrats to uh, Martin Truex Jr. who needed that win, actually. His team needed that confidence. Good finishes last year, Frank. Just weren't getting those top finishes. They, 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 uh, I, for lack of a better term, they, 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 they pissed away wins when they should have had them. So I'm glad for MTJ to get back on track. Then we moved. That was a non-points race, and we get to Speed Week's Daytona, Frankie. A lot of surrounding stories about the race and whatnot. Obviously, Lagana, the defending champion. Um, the, the, yes, Frank was mentioning, and Frank must really did, got into it because uh, yeah, the Fords were the the favorites to an extent because their cars, the aerodynamically, were built better. They were able to handle the pushes on the on the drafts better than the other than Chevy and Toyota. And we can't forget this is restrictor plate uh, racing, so that that's a yeah. key factor. Yeah, restrictor plate racing, and for those of you, not, I don't want to say this because a lot of people ask you what restrictor plate racing is. Is plate it plates? It's, it started in the the um, I think it was in like the carburetors or something like that to restrict speed because if they didn't have them, Frank, they could probably go into the the high two hundreds, almost pushing mid two hundreds, and when and moving at that speed and that and that contact, I mean, that's just not safe. Uh, so they restrict the speeds. But they got the qualifying, and it's funny because Bill Elliott still holds the Daytona track record for fastest qualifying lap. I don't have it on the top of my head, but he's won a bunch of polls at Daytona before, and people always ask Bill Elliott about, like, why are you so great at Daytona? Why are you so good at it? And he goes, it's just about being steady and having a car with speed. He said, if you have a car with speed and you can keep the wheel straight and keep it down on the bank, you could be the fastest car and win the pole. And in his, I'm not trying to do his Georgia accent. He's like, He's like, he's like, if you, you, you got a great car and you can put the, you can put the pedal to the middle, keep the hands on. He goes, he goes hey, you put your grandma on the car and she can win the pole Daytona, you know. And so, and I, he's and he's one of my favorites, you know, the, the most popular driver of many years. Awesome, Bill from Dawsonville, and obviously his son Chase has a huge following, uh, former uh, Cup champion in and himself. And Chase Elliott's always a favorite at Daytona uh, as well. But we got down to qualifying, Frank, and it, actually it was the Hendrick cars, the Chevrolets. That were the favorites, or not favorites, that were that that got the front row. The first two are determined by qualifying speed alone, and that was Alex Bowman and Kyle Larson. Alex Bowman, uh, this is like a second or third pole at Daytona, and then they had the the dual races, Frank. That that's how they the, the rest of it goes in on duels, and then some tapes of provisionals. One of the big stories that NASCAR was doing too was um former X Games, former rally car, former dirt bike. The guys raced everything. Uh, Travis Pastrana was in this race. And he got a lot of push from you know the extreme uh, sports side of it. A lot of people pushing for him. Uh, IndyCar ra- uh, racer Connor Daly was racing for Floyd Mayweather's team, the, the, the number fifty car. Um, in the return of the seven-time NASCAR Cup champion Frank Jimmy Johnson, uh, he uh, merged with um, GMS Racing and Petty Enterprises, Richard Petty, to, to form uh, Legacy RC. Um, uh, a good friend of Frank and ours, Dan Strohecker, and I were in constant talk all week because Eric Jones was driving the Guns N' Roses car, number 43, uh, for Petty, or, or Legacy RC. So, uh, and, and Danny grew up watching NASCAR like I did, too. So he was he was dialed in with that that Guns N' Roses car. Um, I'm telling you what else. And obviously, Frank, as I mentioned last couple shows, Kyle Busch to Richard Childress Racing was the big story in the offseason. 
Um, but uh, the, the the dual races turned out. Um, Logano won the first one, and then Eric Almarola of Stuart Haas Racing, <clears throat> who was supposed to have retired last year. Frank, he wanted to he wanted to spend more time with his family. And racing's a tough schedule, and and he didn't get to be around his kids as much. But Tony Stewart, Gene Haas, those guys, and and uh, his sponsor Smithfield all worked out a deal where maybe he could be away from racing uh, those testing and stuff away to be more with his family. Gave him a little more work balance schedule. He's on for two more years. So he's pushing his retirement back two more years. Smithfield, you know, they make, you know, the bacon products, Secretary Farm, all those, you know, Nathan's hot dogs. They really, they really wanted to keep uh, Eric on and, and, and support him. But um, he won the second race, and that set the first front two rows of Daytona. And then obviously the the winners, moved. there was a lot of, a lot of sprinkle throughout there, but, Bowman brought in the green flag. A um, lot, lot of, lot of, you know, obviously with Daytona, there wasn't really a lot of wrecks till the end. A lot of people, you know, they were being hated themselves. Frank, the high line was always is always a tough line with with cars pushing along. But I thought overall the event itself was awesome. It always kind of is. Sometimes the people they bring in for like the grand marshals and stuff. I know Fox has to promote their shows and stuff, but it is funny who they kind of bring in sometimes. And um, they brought Charlotte from WWE, which is cool. And uh, she had a falling because NASCAR fans, a lot of them, uh, you know, not to stereotype a lot of the Southern draw. They, they they're big wrestling fans, so Charlotte was kind of known. I just kind of laughed because I was like. With no disrespect to Miss Haddish, Tiffany Haddish, the comedian, I I I, I chuckled as like, how many NASCAR fans would even know who Tiffany Haddish is? Like, I know who she is, but how many of that demographic would know Tiffany Haddish? And and good for her, she had, I'm sure she had a, a great experience there. But, um, it kind of it, it's kind of you say with how the middle of the race went, Frank, but you kind of had to be there at the end. It's like it's a lot of racers will tell you it's surviving the end. A lot of guys tend to ride in the back for the most of the race, try to stay out of everyone's mess, and then try to be there at the end. See, you kind of want to be in the front, Frank, or kind of in in the rear back. You know, being in that middle is kind of tough because if, if those cars, Frank, are, are so they're so lightweight, and you wouldn't think they are because you know you know they're they're thirty four hundred pound cars. You wouldn't think that they would be so light, but going to that speed and the drafts and the pushes, they are kind of hard to control. And uh, and if one guy two rows in front of you messes up, it could be your day, and you have no inf- influence in the matter. So that's why a lot of guys ride in the back or ride in the you know kind of try to be up front so they can stay out of that mess. And a lot of guys were claimed in that, you know, uh, Larson, a lot of the other guys, Larson, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Harrison, a lot of those guys were caught up in wrecks. But it was coming down to the end, Frank, and, and it started to look like the RC Richard Childress racing a Chevy team. They were going to finish one two with uh, with uh, Kyle Busch, who still has yet, even though he's a two time Cup champion, is still looking for his first Daytona 500 win. Frank and Austin Dillon, his teammate, who won it um, 20 years to the day after Dale Earnhardt won it in '98. Um, um, but uh, uh, Kyle Busch, um, he was he was kind of a victim of circumstance here at the end, and uh, and then Logano was out there for a while and. And I like Joey Logano, but I didn't want to see a repeat winner. I like to see a first-time winner. I like the this is the race, Frank, where kind of like the underdog could win. We've seen it in the past. Trevor Bain, Michael Waltrip, um, uh, Trevor uh, Trevor Bain won his first second career start there. Um, uh, who I mentioned already, uh, Michael Waltrip, um, and Michael McDowell. Remember that Michael McDowell a couple years ago, Frankie? You know his only career NASCAR win was at Daytona. So it's it's uh, it's so it's always the, th- the Larry McReynolds and Darrell Waltrip would always say anybody can win these play track races because it's just being at the right place at the right time at the end of the race. Well, Kyle Busch was I was actually kind of pulling for Kyle Busch, Frank. I think you were too when you were sending me messages. 
Um, we were I was kind of pushing for him to win because I thought it's one thing he hasn't done. Tony Stewart to this day has never won the Daytona 500. He's won tons of races at Daytona in the lower series Xfinity Bush. Um, he's won like the Bud Shootout. He's won the, the qualifying races and he won the Pepsi 400. But he's never won the Daytona 500. A, lot, a couple guys never won the Daytona 500. And Kyle Busch is one of them. I think he has some like the he's up there with Tony Stewart and a couple guys with most starts without a 500 win. And so I was hoping maybe that that, that Rowdy could get it done. Um, but he gets caught. He gets spun at the end there. And he gets caught out of the draft. And and Joey Logano takes the lead. I know you, like I said, I think Frankie, you texted me. You, you're like, ah, you're, you're mad because you thought Kyle Busch should have won the race. Um, but at the end there, the lot, the couple uh, green, white, you know, a couple caution flags there kind of resets the field. Um, and when it was all said and done, um, the last lap, um, if if they did, if they hit the white flag, Frank, the next flag ends the race. So they race back to the green, or they if it's the they deem the wreck too dangerous, they throw the caution flag, and whenever that the light turns on and the, the flag goes out, wherever the positions where the NASCAR uses cameras and telemetry for scoring, wherever they're placed at when that caution flag is out, is deemed the race winner. And when the final big big one happened, it was a battle between Joey Logano and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Stenhouse Jr. has won one race at Daytona. He won the Coke Zero 400, and he won at Talladega. So he has two career wins, both on play, on play tracks. So he was driving the number 47 uh, Clorox and NOS Energy, a lot of other sponsors, um, Chevrolet. For JTG Racing, Frank, um, uh, Jody, uh, Jody, a couple of those other owners, but the notorious owner of that team, the biggest one is um, former um, college basketball great and NBA all-star Brad Doherty. For of Cavaliers fame, and, and they only he's always, had one car running. Yeah, in the past they've had multiple teams, but they they downsized it to one car, and it's Ricky Stenhouse Jr. job the forty seven. Uh, they won w- once before with AJ Allmendinger at a road race. That's their only team win up to that date. So Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Legato are basically racing side by side when the wreck happens, and basically it's a drag race. And right as the light turned on. Stenhouse's nose goes right out, inches out by a couple inches, right in front of Logano. And that's when they freeze the field. And then they determine that Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was the, day, the 2023 Daytona 500 champion. And I know a lot of race, a lot of fans backlash because the wreck is behind them. And so they feel that when that happens at the last lap, they should just let them come around and, and just duke it out at the finish line. But the thing about it is when you're at that high speeds and you come around the finish line, you may not be able to decrease the speed to go into one, two, and then you're caught up in wrecks. And who knows if the 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 the, the well being of the of the individuals in the cars, uh, what danger they're in. So that's why NASCAR throws that flag out at the end. I know entertainment wise, it stinks, and I know as a you love to have that that race to the line. Um, I get why NASCAR does it. I get that it's for the safety of the drivers and stuff, and you want to prioritize that over 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 an exciting finish where you could put someone in danger um but i feel like i feel like i, I kind of and i think frank's gonna kind of push back again i feel like he is me i might be wrong but i do agree with him i do it would have been cool to just let them maybe like say like i don't know like if the wreck happens and there's a separation then, then let just let those three cars battle out and freeze you know like tell the other guys if you're not in the top three you're out and then let the top three whatever go that's for my it. thoughts exactly like use your telemetry and cameras to place everybody where they were in yeah. front in front of the wreck so yeah. you have like it would have been five cars i think i think it was a six place guy got into a wreck yeah something like that. so the five cars place them where they were 
make them start like Mario Kart from a standing from a standing start from stopped. They like roll them all to where they were and say, okay, we're gonna do five more laps. And it's like That's a tough five, concept. Like five cars where they were, five more laps. Because Kyle Bush was leading and a wreck was behind him. There was two laps to go. He, he was gonna win. Like and then he yeah, ends and, up finishing like 16th. Yeah, and Kyle, and Kyle <laughs> even said, and Kyle even said he goes, he goes. You know, Dale Earnhardt, it's funny because Dale Earnhardt won that 98 race because of that. The caution came out and they don't, they didn't do Greenway checkered in those times. If they deem that there's not enough laps to clean the wreck up, they just call the race. And so Kyle was like, hey, if, if this was back in the 90, late 90s, I would have won this thing. And, uh, and, uh, and so he was upset about that. And I'm sure a lot of RCR people were too. So, and I'm with you, Frank. I would love to see Kyle Bush win it. And, I, I'm glad that Ricky Stenhouse won it because it's, it's a popular win for the garage. He's he's I mean guys love him, hate him, whatever. I know a lot of fans love him because he's also a dirt racer like Larson and Christopher Bell and Chase Briscoe and those guys. Um, and uh, it's funny because he Ricky Stenhouse has always had the moniker Recky Stenhouse because a lot of these big ones he's caused by being a very aggressive driver. Uh, so a lot of people love it, and a lot of people don't like it because they feel like he's he causes a lot of accidents uh, on. Uh, at speedway plate tracks, but um, I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm I was just like let him and Lagana just drag race to the final. Take tell everyone else it's caution. Let those two just drag race to the end. I want to see them go down to the end. And but um but I was happy with the result at least that Stenhouse won. It, it's it's tough, Frank. It's tough because the, the wrecks and everything. And, and then obviously this upcoming week we're going to be at Fontana, and that's a different racetrack altogether. So you, you you could do it there. But no, I thought I thought it was. A, that was a great Daytona 500 overall, but it does kind of take a little bit. Of the, it does kind of put a little bitter taste in your mouth when it ends like that. You don't get that 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 line. You know, you don't get that Denny Hamlin, Martin Church Jr. finish got like eight years ago when it was by inches on the line. That, that's what the fans want. They want that. As much as I'm a NASCAR fan, the fans do like the wrecks. I think they want everyone to be safe, but they do like the wrecks and they do like that, that photo finish at the end as anyone does when they watch like a horse race or whatever, they take that photo finish. But I, I would always be like, like, cause Harvick and, and, and Martin, Martin, Mark Martin did that Frank in 07 and the Daytona Five. there was a wreck behind him and the old standard, they let them go back to the line. But a lot of people complained that a lot of drivers are put in danger that way, which is why we have what we have now. I feel like there, there has to be a way we can kind of meet the meet in the middle on this. And I'd love to sit in one of those meetings and, and try to put input something on that, but but anyway, congratulations, Ricky Stenhouse for winning the Daytona 500. You know they can never take that away from him. You're always known forever your career as a Daytona champion. And congratulations to Brad Doherty, who becomes the first uh, African American owner to win the Daytona 500. Um, obviously, uh, 2311, Michael Jordan, uh, Denny Hamlin, they have their team, and my, they've won a few races already with that. So you know it's cool, and it's cool, Frank, and I think it's cool. And I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know bring uh, other sports aspects into this, but it, it is cool that NASCAR has gotten so in front of diversity and stuff. And you guys, guys like Bubba Wallace and Daniel Suarez, both guys who won races in the cup series. Juan Montoya was there for a while. And then you get, you get guys in the ownership group, Frankie, a lot of guys want to be owners in NASCAR. Now Floyd Mayweather's an owner in NASCAR. Now Michael Jordan came in. Michael Jordan was a fan of him and Brad Doherty were fans their entire lives growing up in North Carolina. That racing is near and dear to their hearts. Even Michael Jordan said as a kid, I remember my dad, taking me to Charlotte and watching Richard Petty race. And I became a fan. I've always loved NASCAR. And, and Michael, and Michael Jordan was there at Daytona, Frank. And if you saw him, he was there, his airness. 
but uh, it's cool that guys like Michael Jordan and Floyd Mayweather, and, and no matter how I feel about Floyd Mayweather, and that's beside that, but those guys and Brad Doherty, and then like Pitbull race is part owner of Trackhouse Racing, and and uh, there's so many other you know, and guys in the past like Dan Marino and Randy Moss, and 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 Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach, guys have been owned teams in NASCAR in the past. Terry Bradshaw. Um, it's just so cool when when you have those guys Frank, that want to be involved in the sport and uh, and uh, and I, I want NASCAR to grow. There's a lot of decisions they make, Frank, that I don't like the way they schedule races, the way they do some of the things, and even maybe how they finish the Daytona 500. But I I I think it's growing. I love when racing gets a chance on a platform like that and it gets a chance to grow. And it's cool that a lot of people tuned in. It was it was like one of the top watched Daytona 500s, not the top one, but it was up there. So it's always cool that, to see the casuals turn in and, and want to uh, uh, watch racing. I know gambling doesn't hurt because you can put action on it. Um, but no, Frank, it was a great Daytona 500. Um, looking forward to, to this, the upcoming season. Tony Stewart will be in the booth a few more times. Tony Stewart also is going to be doing NHRA drag racing, not to go off the subject of that. He's committing to a full year of, of top alcohol uh, dragster uh, races. His wife, Frank, is um, NHRA star Leah Pruitt. So he's been there a bunch, and he's going to do that a lot more. And uh, he's Tony's Tony's. It's in his blood. He's never going to stop racing, no matter how old he gets. It seems so. Congrats to Smoke on that. Um, not much else other than that. IndyCar season's about to start. Um, yeah, that's pretty much about it in terms of racing. Uh, F1's about F1's becoming more popular in the United States, Frank, with Liberty Media owning it. That's a, a U.S. media conglomerate. They own F1. Um, there's actually going to be three races in the United States this year, Frank. Usually a country gets one race a year. Now, Italy gets, I think they get Monza and they get, uh, I forget what else they get. But uh, the United States is going to get three races, Frank. They're going to they're gonna get the street course in Miami. They're going to get the Circuit of the Americas in, in, in Austin, Texas. And they're actually going to race the Las Vegas Strip this year, Frank. So Formula One, Lewis Hamilton, those guys. Are, I'm sure you know who Lewis Hamilton is. And uh, and that's huge because the F1 really wants to grow the product in the United States. Uh, globally, Frank, it's kind of, like F1 is kind of like soccer, Frank, where it's it's globally famous and known, but U.S. really doesn't. It's growing in numbers with that Netflix series, um, Drive to Survive. It's growing, but F1 definitely wants a stranglehold on the United States cult, uh, culture and economy. And uh, having three races there, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll spin it in that right direction. So. So yeah, throw it back to you, sir. Um, thanks for letting me get my 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 racing uh, my fix in there. So no, I love it. I love to hear your passion and your analyst uh, a- a- analyzing, covering NASCAR and the Daytona 500. You teach me things, and um, that was definitely interesting. And like you said, it was one of the most highly rated races uh, on you know TV ratings wise. Um, Really sets up an exciting year in NASCAR, so we we look forward to more race breakdowns as the season know, goes on. I know Frank will be pumped because in a, I think beginning of next month or middle next month, we go to the we go to the the Bristol Dirt Race. They already have yeah, it laid out. Yeah, so. that's one of the most fit, fun, most fun ones to watch. I hope they get good weather and it doesn't rain. Yeah, um, we just saw Roanzi Contreras get an automatic ball. Yeah. Um, so that was the first time we've seen it in the Pirate game. The clock, yeah. Yeah. But uh no, no, Bronson, that, that brings us probably to our final segment of the day. And you know, this yeah. time of year, we are used to saying the March of the Penguins, 
um, because our, <laughs> our Pittsburgh Penguins typically heat up uh, with a month or so to go in the season and start to solidify their playoff position and uh, make moves to be buyers at the trade deadline. And we get excited, you know, 15 or 16, 17 back-to-back cups. Uh, this team's always right there in contention and one of the, the top teams to be, uh, you know, come out of the East or make the Stanley cup final or win it all. But this year, sadly, um, we are talking about the fall of the penguins and it has just been abysmal two months. Um, I did do some homework, uh, waiting to get on today. The the penguins in the last two months, uh, have gone nine, nine and four, uh, since December 18th. And, uh, that's just not going to get it done. That's under 500 hockey. You know, I told you and Mike, their record at 27, 21, and 9 is where they sit today on February 25th. Um, if you th- Overtime losses are, are actually losses. You get one point. But if you add that to the other losses, they're 27 wins, 30 losses. A Pittsburgh Penguin team under 500 by three games, 27 and 30. Um, and that comes on the heels of losing four straight and five out of six. Um, where, and they haven't just been losses, Bronson. They've been getting demolished. Um, and they've, yep. been lo- they've been finding ways to lose instead of finding ways to win like they used to. And you can just start to see it unraveling. Edmonton came in here and kind of put the nail in their coffin, so to speak. There's about 20 games left, Bronson, but we're now <laughs> Penguins now sit outside looking in. Uh, at the playoffs with the hot young teams coming up, which I think in the season preview episode we had, we talked about um, Ottawa, Buffalo, um, Detroit. Uh, they're they're all going to start coming, and um, New Jersey has definitely proved it. Um, they're solid. They're going to make the playoffs. Jack Hughes is, is the real deal. Um, but the Penguins are in real danger of missing the playoffs, and even if they do find a way, to make it um they would get carolina or boston the first round and probably get boat raced boston's putting up a historic season they're going to challenge the 96 97 red wings for most wins ever um they're really having a great year they're they're really odds on favorite to win it all this year the bruins but um and they just know, made, they just made a deal acquiring garner hathaway and dimitri orloff so yeah the, and, and you know toronto has been buyers getting ryan o'reilly i'd like to see toronto make a run they're always they always move the needle, but the Penguins Rangers got Tarasenko. Rangers are making; they're loading up. They might get Patrick Kane. They're the yeah. favorite for him. Um, Kravtsov and 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 Lysitian are the two names probably going to go back. Rumored to Chicago plus some draft picks, but um, no, the Penguins have been abysmal. And yes, I mean most of it has come because of the absence of Tristan Jari in that two month stretch where I mentioned where they were nine nine and four. Uh, Tristan Jari missed most of that time. With, with that lower body injury, which you can still see affecting him. Um, since he's returned against the Islanders and Oilers, he hasn't been moving as well, and you can visibly tell. And he's and then the rust has shown, too, because his handling of the puck, which he's usually great at, has cost them two goals and, and big times in back-to-back games. Um, you can't lose games the way they're losing on Bronson. They've blown third-period leads twice to the Islanders. Um, division games you can't lose like that. They've lost nine in a row in the Metro. Um, it's just getting ugly. Um, you can't lose these games to division opponents. You can't uh, give away late leads. Um, the, the only wins they've had lately were against the 
abysmal San Jose and Anaheim team. Um, they got that lucky one against Colorado where they where they they were losing one nothing the whole game and got a couple late cheapies. Um, and they got a, a like a lucky one in a seven six against Florida in overtime where they had to scramble and 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 come back from blowing leads in that game. Other than that, it's been loss, loss, loss. You look at the schedule, lots of L's on there. And the problem, Bronson, and I'll, I'll turn it over to you after this. Um, I'll, and, and this is not, I'm not a genius. Um, everybody knows this is what's wrong with this team. Um, it's the bottom six. It's yeah. the the third and fourth lines. And me and you and Mike and our tech and our group text talk about it every game as we're frustrated. The bottom six does not have enough grit, not enough skill, not enough speed. They they're not hard to play against, to use a, a popular hockey term. Um, and it's nothing against any of these guys. I like them all, but none of their games are really in a place where they're they're helping the, the Penguins right now. And I'll no. name them: they're they're Brock McGinn, they're Jeff Carter, they're Kasperi Kapanen, they're Teddy Bluger, who fell off the map. He at least used to be a great shutdown forward. He's really giving you nothing right now. Yeah. Um, and and some of these guys, like Carter, Kapanen, if they're not scoring, they're not doing anything else, and they're not scoring. Um, and then you know, some of the the the, the other you know, O'Connor's been in there and he's looked good, but he you know he's he can't finish. He doesn't have the hands to finish around the net. Um, he the speed's there, and I like what I see a lot of O'Connor's game, but the bottom six um, who hit uh, Heinen, yeah. and, but like and some now, now some of these guys you can live with it, but not the ones making the money. And that's Carter and Kapanen and him again. And that's a combined $11 million in cap, something like that, $9, $10, $11 million for those three guys. Throw in Bluger, that's like $12, $13 million in cap. Um, that this team is top-heavy, and everybody was like, oh, you're, you're bringing back Crosby, Malcolm Latang. This is the oldest team in the league. That's why they're bad. Those three have not been the problem. They've been getting their points, scoring timely goals, carrying the team. But you have to, like we saw in 15-16, we're really missing the HBK-type third line, a third line that can st- score, a fourth line that can be physical. We have neither. Um, and then on defense, uh, Petrie making $6 million. It, it, He's just a vanilla player. He's yeah, just, he's not that, a big friend. One of the worst Hextall moves. I mean, it, we dump salary in um, – Marino, but but Matheson and Marino, but we pick up salary and Petrie. Pedersen, I think, is too average for four million. Big turnover the other night that led to a goal. Um, I'd rather see guys like Ty Smith making eight hundred thousand up here. Mark Friedman making under a million. Mark Friedman's one of my favorite players, and he never gets in the lineup. He's the only player that gets under the other team's skin. He's the only player that really throws his body around and and, hit, and has a hit, hitting as a big part of his game. This team is missing a hitting presence after Brandon Tanov left. Mark Friedman's always a big hitter, gets under the other team's skin, draws penalties, can't make the lineup. I'd rather have Ty Smith and Mark Friedman than Marcus Pedersen and Jeff Petrie, and you would save $10 million in cap space. So this is all Ron Hextall, Brian Burke. Why did they, you know, Architect this team around that uh, Carter, Kapanen, Petrie, Pedersen, McGinn, twenty million dollars. I just mentioned zero production. Um, the roster needs a big shakeup. I think Hextall needs to be fired. It's going to happen in the off season. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it won't happen now, despite the fans chanting it the other night. I was just going to say, Hextall. <laughs> 
and, and Crosby said it's the first time he remembers ever hearing booze. And they had, you know, Crosby had to face. He the, got booed. <laughs> yeah, they, they had to face uh, the press after that, that Edmonton loss and answer questions about what's it like to be booed. And I would think if Crosby, Malcolm, Latang have any say, um, Fenway Sports Group's going to start really saying, like, what are we doing here? Um, they're going to be shopping for a new TV network, which we'll talk about in Grab Bag. Um, little teaser there. So you want you this team needs to start winning for multiple reasons. And I'm teetering on saying Sullivan needs to go, but I'm I'm starting to think it's really Hextall and Burke. Um, but Sullivan's also a little bit guilty too, and refusing to change his style of play, refusing to like sit on leads and win games ugly. Um, so he's a little bit to blame too, and they're a little bit maybe he's a little bit too. Uh, easy on the, some of the players. I don't know. We're not there in the closed practices and stuff like that. And we're not there in the locker room. He might be really getting on guys, but um, they have, and, and you know, we, we, I say a lot of this with criticism, but a lot of it, I realize the NHL is cyclical and it was about time for the penguins to have a downturn. Um, they did win two cups. They mortgaged a lot of the future to do that. They have a bare cupboard system with basically no prospects. Sammy Poulin has been a bust. Nathan Legary has, has not proven to be what we thought. Um, we thought at least those two would be injecting that youth like like we had from Sherry and Gensel and Rust in the cup runs. We're not getting that. We have O'Connor. Um, they, they had to bring back an Archibald, which when he was hurt, they missed him, but he's still not that much of a needle mover. No. Um, but there's yeah. not that. There's not he, that. He, and you know it stings? You know it stings not to cut you off? You know it stings? So last year they make that trade, right? They make that trade Lafferty for for Alex Nylander. Yeah. And now now Chicago wants to move Lafferty, and they might get like a second round pick for Lafferty. I know the, Lafferty's gaining a lot of attention. I know it's like, but uh, no, I'll wrap. I'm I'm about to wrap up, but like I just, it's it's frustrating that um, yeah, the way this team was constructed, um, where where the cap money is, they're so up against the cap. They you know they can't have Ty Smith up here. Um, they, they, they almost might not be able to, to, they have the wave cap and just to try to save cap money. Um, I don't think they can buy out a, a Carter. Like they bought out Jack Johnson. I don't think he has a buyout clause. So they're in big trouble unless they can get somebody at the deadline to take, take a Carter, take a cap and take a Petrie. Um, uh, they're, they're in, in, in cap horror right now. Um, so it's just a bad situation. They have about 20 games left starting today in about an hour um, against St. Louis. Um, the schedule doesn't help Tampa Bay twice, the Rangers three times, Dallas, Colorado. Um, so the schedule's tough. Luckily for the Penguins, a few games in hand on Buffalo and Florida and the Islanders and the Capitals who are right there fighting for a wild card. They've lost five straight and have been worse than the Pens. Um, of course, Ovechkin leaving the country to be with, uh, the, unfortunately, the passing of his father, Mikhail Ovechkin. He's back now. He's back now, but they yeah. you know, they went 0-4 without Oh, him. yeah, yeah. And uh, they've been on a tailspin, too. Grand Slam, Rodolfo Castro, 5 nothing bucks. Or, four, sorry, 4-1 bucks. Yeah. Um, a Grand Slam home run for Castro. But, no, uh, yeah, that's my take on it. The Penguins have been abysmal. Everybody watching knows it. Um, they need to change something. I, you know, Hextall's hesitant to to be buyers right now. They don't want to trade more of the future because the cupboards, like I said, are bare. Um, 
But uh, if they want to, if they think they can make the playoffs this year, they have to do something like minor moves to at least like change it up a little bit. Um, but we'll see. They might punt on this year and just say, you know what? We do have Crosby, Malk, and Latang for two, three, four years after this, maybe max. Let's punt on this year, save our assets, really shake things up in the offseason. And maybe you find that right combination in your bottom six, and maybe you find a way to dump some of those contracts. But it'll be interesting to see. Trade deadline is next Friday, I think March 3rd. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. But Bronson, let me throw it back to you to just get your take on what I what I said about the pens. Uh, yeah, Frank, you've gone in all certain directions, and you mentioned earlier in your your rebuttal, your 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 monologue there about their their records against any team that that's worth a damn. And I think within the Metro, I think they're like like the last game like twelve and two or something like that, or twelve and one or like it's something like that eleven and one or something against the Metro. I mean, that's insane. That's your own division. And I think it's even worse when it's against any anything that resembles a playoff team. You mean just, one and eleven? One, yeah. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. Right. Yeah, one eleven. More losses than wins. I meant to say. Sorry about that. Um, no, Frank, it's not good. And like I said, it's easy. It's easy to point the finger because it's it's there. It's prevalent. It's in the it's in the bottom six. That's what you need. You need you need all four lines rolling when you're winning games. And and Crosby, Malkin, those guys, they've been doing well. But you need that bottom support, and they're not getting it. One guy that I think doesn't get enough criticism, Frank, and I think Josh Ewing finally came out and said it, is Brian Rust. He he's he's not been good, Franco. He's not been good, and the fact that you locked him up long term. I'm not going to play armchair quarterback. Said you shouldn't have. That was at the time the right move to deal. But then you locked up, you know, Ricard Raquel, who I think has been awesome. Um, you know, obviously a little, no one's perfect, but I I like the way Raquel has played uh, with with Sid and, and Gensel. Um, but but Russ definitely has not kept this part of the, the bargain in this you know this year, and like you said, Jeff Carter just looks he just looks done honestly, and he's still good at faceoffs, which is why they always you know you see those overtimes he 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 starts the the the, the period of the faceoff, then he skates to the bench and Sid comes out or someone else comes out you know, and 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 cap it in a, as I just don't know what it is Frankie you know it's like Sullivan said like the talents there the hands are there. It's just I don't know if he's just not finding open spaces, if he just has completely horrible hockey sense. It's just it's just not there for them. And 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 they they, they placed them on waivers yesterday. Um, we will find out shortly. I'm I'm on the, I'm on the Twitter machine finding out if if Capitan did clear waivers. Um, I kind of wish were... I I kind of wish they would just try him on the first line because like just put him there for a couple games and see if Sid can rise his game. Um, and then do more of a style where you spread the wealth and you put like a rust on a third line, it, like just to spread the wealth like they did in 16, 17 and have three lines with a superstar on it. You know, they had Kessel on that third line, like maybe Raquel drops to the second line um, and and that, players would probably get mad because like Kapanen doesn't deserve it. But if they could split the ice time, have your first, second and third lines all get equal ice time. And um, and try spreading it out. Sullivan has really not shuffled the lines in this losing streak, which I'm I'm kind of shocked. Usually no, that, no, move, it's, it's move Sullivan a has down, been, like move move. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead. No, it's, it's Sullivan has just kind of had that that stubbornness of like 
what we're what we're doing was working. It's just not working for all sixty minutes. Well, yes, because your team is older now. It isn't. It isn't the same team when the cup was in sixteen seventeen. You can't just outskate them and out and out and outchance them now. That that isn't this team anymore, Frank. And he needs to understand that. And I mean, it's like you know, it's like Mark Madden said it. I know I'm going back to him, but it's like. You go in the locker room and you criticize these guys, even like with with the Steelers and stuff too. It's like you criticize these guys and they just look at you like you're stupid because, well, if they say it's right, then then gee, by golly, it's right. And it's like, I'm going to play a little clip here. Um, uh, This was after, I believe, the Islanders loss. And I think Frank knows where I'm going with this. Mike Sullivan was asked a question by, I believe it was, it was, um, it was Taylor Haas of um, DK on uh, Pittsburgh Sports to to question what 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 needs to be done with the, the Carter line. Here we go. Mike, just what have been your observations of Carter's lines play as of late, and what needs to happen to get his line going? Guys ask me that question every day. My answer is the same. They have moments when they've been good. They have some when they haven't been. That's literally that's literally his answer. And every and every it's, it's always some sort of cardboard cliche. These coaches dodge questions and they're obvious questions. They get mad. They're I mean I, I hate how they get mad at the obvious questions. I was waiting for somebody to ask him did did uh did uh, they veto your Chikrin trade because that was the whole rumor. No, that, that he, was the big report that Rossi came in with it. That, that Sullivan wanted. Yeah. Uh, there's dissension between Sullivan and Hextall. Sullivan wants. <laughs> Went in Hextall to get get Chikrin, but I think if you're getting Chikrin, you're not get you're at least giving up a first round pick. You're not. Yeah. And I, I don't think they want to give up the first round pick. And um, there's a lot of stuff going on through the deadline, Frank. I mean, going back to the Rangers, they acquired Tarasenko. Um, as you said, they're close to acquiring Patrick Kane. I know. I just read off a, a recent tweet before uh, about literally mere minutes ago. There might have to be a third team in there to absorb some of the cap. Um, which has been the trend, honestly, in the last couple of weeks of there being three team trades. Just for another team to absorb cap and getting compensated for absorbing cap, um, but uh, no, Frank, it's just and Tristan Jari, you know, comes. You said he's not. He, you could tell there's clearly limited movement in his play when he's returned. And I know Mark said that he thinks that he's he's like they'll bring Tristan Jari back. They'll probably play a couple games and then they'll put him on an IR to end the year and he won't play the rest of the year. And it, 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 if he's going to keep playing like this, it, it, I bet you it probably will be the next step. And that's, and that's what Mark was saying, too, with these lower body, upper body injuries. And then the teams get mad when when reporters, they claim, are, are what they call it, reckless in reporting the news. Well, if you're going to be reckless, if you are not allowed to disclose the injuries, then I should not not intentionally be reckless. I'm allowed to speculate as much as I want to speculate if you're not going to be front forth with the information. And so people are wondering just what the hell's going on because it, it, they claim it's been this nagging injury or whatever. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are speculating, but until it's told, you don't know. Um, all I know is that, you know, what, what's what, I forget who it was. Is it, uh, it was John Paul Weimer? He was we were messaging on Twitter. You know, what's the definition of insanity? You know what I mean? Like just just trotting a same line out there and expecting different results. They think in their mind that it's just because we were lapsed, we were lapsed a days ago for this ten minutes or this twenty minutes. No, it's because Brian Dumoulin was getting 20 minutes of ice time. It steadily decreased. And it's like, oh, we're going to punish Carter by taking away a little bit of his ice time. You know what I mean? It's like people have been making jokes all week about, like, you know, the return of the X generation. And uh, I would rather lose with younger guys to getting chances from Wilkes-Barre than just trotting out. And I've been making jokes, you know, 
the, the Shady Pines gang out there and just losing with the, guys like Jeff Carter. And like you said, uh, you know, you were mentioning Pedersen and and then uh, and then Dumoulin and Dumoulin's been better lately, but um, and, and the bottom pair guys, Ruido hasn't really been impressing me either. I, I I feel like Ty, like I said, I feel Ty Smith hasn't been given his fair chances up here. Honestly, I haven't. And it looks even worse with John Marino playing really well in Jersey. Um, I just don't know, Frank. And I, I think I think they refuse to be sellers. I I think you know I know what was it. Stan Saverin and Mark Madden, I believe even a little bit of Rob Rossi, a couple of these other guys were saying that, you know, maybe you trade Dumoulin for a third, you could probably get a third or fourth round pick for Dumoulin. You know, you trade for Dumoulin, you trade, you trade your Dumoulin, you trade Zucker, which is tough to trade Zucker because he's been like the heart and soul of the team. He's been the guy, you know, busting his tail. You trade him, you know, who knows this guy with Kapanen. If someone were to claim Kapanen, the, the Penguins get a, you know, what point two of relief, I think, on on, on, on the hit there. If not, you could. You guess you could send them to Wilkes. It it's just frustrating watching this team, Frank. And I was, I think it really started for me when I went to the Detroit game end of December when they they blew that four goal lead at, against the Red Wings. I was at that game, and it was just frustrating to watch. And like, it's just like even that game against Edmonton. It's funny because Latang gets the first goal, and, and everyone's excited. I'm watching it with a group of people. They're like, see, I'm like. I was like, come on. And then sure enough, you know, the Connor McDavid show comes, you know, you, you only hold that guy off for so long. And, um, you know, it's funny because they were, they were equating that loss to Edmonton, Frank, this past week, Thursday to uh, January of 2006 when uh, Michelle Terry had the, the infamous soft, they so soft as I ever see a team. And, and uh, th- that 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 rant, it's like you know, they need that rant again. They need a Michael a Michael Terrian rant, you know. And uh, I just don't know where to go. I mean, you heard my, what I think would fix the team. Um, Frank, I'm not so sure, and I and I think the Penguins are going to do it. I I don't I don't even think it's up for debate. The, the fan can debate it. Madden can debate it. I don't think he is, but I they're going to extend Jari. I I just feel they're going to extend Jari. I, I I don't necessarily think they should. I think maybe you have a chance to go look out, you know, you know, get a Thatcher Demko, get a, get, if John Gibson's available, you know, Mike, Mike and I have been back and forth on Demko versus Gibson. I said, hey. I say, I said offer sheet, Jeremy Swayman. That's been her, like. Yeah, you, you were, I think someone yeah. said about Swayman, offer sheet. Or I like, I'll, I'll jump in quickly, just sorry to interrupt, but oh, um, fine. Yeah, make that, make that Arizona trade and get Chikrin, who's not a UFA, at least it's not a rental, and get Carol Vamelka. Yeah, because he because he has term and is a good young goalie too. So yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm not saying I don't like Jari. I I think when he's healthy and on his game, he's one of the best the best goalies in the, at least top five. But he's rarely healthy, and he has he had even when he was healthy earlier in the year, he had some lapses. I just don't think he can extend him. But, but I I do think they will, Frank. I think they're going to extend him. And I, honestly, you said everything you need to say about Hextall. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna jump on you more on jumping on more about Hextall, but you know, it's it's not good, Frank. I don't think I think I think Sullivan gets a pass this year. I think if it goes into next year, maybe he's on the hot seat. They just locked him up to that long term deal. I, I, I and you know the Penguins don't like to pay guys to not do anything. Uh, it it's just frustrating me to fans because it's 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 how they're losing, and it's just like. You're not getting any answers. It's like the pushback too. The pushback's annoying, and you know it's like, oh, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. It, it, it's clearly obvious where the weaknesses of the team are, and you know, if they keep they push it, Frank, they're not gonna. They're probably not gonna make the playoffs. 
And they, like, like Madden said, maybe it's a good thing they don't make the playoffs because then they can realize who they really are. But honestly, I Frank, I think if they don't make the playoffs, that if Hextall survives the year and they don't make the playoffs, they're just they're just gonna say, well, we got snake bit with injuries and some bad things went our way, and that's why we didn't make the playoffs. Like they'll talk themselves into believing that they're still that they still continue to talk themselves into believing that they're still that team. Um and it, it, it's sad, honestly. And it's I feel like it's only going to get worse. Now there's talks and Brian Boucher was on the fan the other day and said that they should they should just split the three up now. Listen to all offers, even Crosby. I think he's just trying to get a, a reaction, honestly. I would I would go to I wouldn't care if they went to Malkin and Latang and asked. Yeah. But I you're not trading Crosby. He's got no, a and, statue and, outside the stadium. The, but here's the thing too. Oh, there we go. And um uh, Vlad is a Vlad Guerrero Jr. home run there, Frank for Toronto. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I th- like Madden said. I think I think maybe next year maybe you do ask him if they want out because he thinks if they start losing, that all three are going to want out. They're not going to want to stick around. But the thing, the problem is, and Madden said, that, like, I keep going back to Mark, but he's making great points this week. The thing is, too, this is also created by them, Frank, because they want to stay together. And so it's like, do you reward them for the mess they created? It's like, you know, like when uh, Kyrie Irving and, and Kevin Durant wanted out of, of Brooklyn. It's like, why did you reward the guys when they made this mess in the first place? You know what I mean? It's, you know, I don't know. It's just, we'll see what happens at the deadline. I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not optimistic that they're going to make any kind of move that's going to fix. I'll tell you one thing, Frank, and, I, and, I, and I, I just see this happening. I just, I get these visions and they happen. I have a feeling that the Hextel is going to do, do some sort of crap deal. And they're going to acquire Luke Shen. I, I, I just feel like that's like the kind of move he'll make. Oh, well, depth on defense. We got Luke, you know, the ghost of Luke Shen. And it, it's, it's another flyer crony that he takes care of. Yeah, yeah. It's just like he took care of Carter, that long, long-term deal. That's why he has that loyalty to Cappy. Mm-hmm. It's that Philadelphia, it's that Philadelphia cronyism. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe he was, maybe he was the, the Sith Lord we've, we've been looking for, Frank, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he's the Emperor Palpatine. They're just sent in. He's in the Senate to destroy the Jedi, you know. I don't know, man, but it's it's not trending positive. And if anybody in that organization thinks it is, that that that's blasphemous. That's blasphemous. I wish I had more more eloquent things to say, but as, as Chuck Noll would say, there are pro- there are problems and there are many. We have problems and there are many. But yeah, well, I mean, I just hope. We, if they salvage the last 20 games here, try to find it again, at least get us into the playoffs, which can excite us for a week or so. And, you know, we, we saw just two years ago, they outplayed the Islanders and last year they outplayed the Rangers. Um, they, they should have gone deeper in the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, the yeah. big three, the big three do have a little bit left in the tank. It's just it's gotten ugly in the bottom six on the on defense with the cap situation. Hextall's not done a great job. Um, trade deadline wise, I I honestly wouldn't mind to see them be sellers. Like you were saying, what can you get for a Dumoulin? What can can somebody take Pedersen? Would somebody take Petrie? Would somebody take McGinn, Carter, whatever? Listen to anything because honestly, I'd, I'd move Zucker if he's not going to stay. Yeah, I mean honestly, getting getting. Restocking your system with draft picks and a deep draft this year. You know, everybody knows about Bedard, but it's a deep draft after him. Um, wouldn't be bad to see the Penguins get like, you know, like the Steelers have the, the, the 17th and 32nd pick. It'd be nice to see the Penguins get, you know, the 14th, 29th, 35th pick, like load up a little bit. 
by by acquiring some picks. Um, obviously, you're not going to get high picks for these guys, but at least uh, if you're you're not going to get high picks, but you can save some cap space. And some of these terms on these deals get rid of them, um, so you can try to reload next next off season. Um, but no, I, it's going to be interesting. Bronson, twenty games left, final stretch. We'll see how it goes. I'm still going to tune in and cross my fingers that they find a way to get out of this. But not looking good. They're starting to get dominated, and it's it's getting ugly. And like you said, the fans are starting to turn on us. And um, it's going to be going to be a, a a fun stretch run here. And if the Penguins don't make it, um, interest around this area will wane. But um, We'll still come to you with a NHL playoff preview and get get you all ready for a cup run. To we'll, Bronson and I'll have to pick a dog in the fight. I'll probably pick Carolina again. <laughs> you know, done for the last. I, Frank, one right one of these strength, years. The, the Hurricanes yeah. are going to finally come through. For and us. I'm interested to see what they do at the deadline. Like who gets Timo Meyer, the big the big uh, fish in the sea? Does yeah. somebody, does somebody get Jacob Chikrin? Um, things like that. So. Um, with Pacioretty out, they have some cap room. Vegas with Mark Stone out has some cap room that they've been rumored to to be in on Meyer. And then of course Patrick Kane, who I touched upon. Everybody's here in the Rangers uh for him. So will, will he or will he not go? He may stay. I, I was laughing because Chris Pronger is funny. He's a funny follow on Twitter. Um uh, hit the solid thing, but um he uh um so the, the earlier this week uh Earlier this week, uh, Vegas traded the contract of Shea Weber to, to, to the, um, the the Coyotes, and so I guess someone uh, Bleacher Report or something tweeted, "It's like welcome to welcome to the team," and it's a it's a Coyotes picture, and it's Pavel Datsuk, Marion Hosa, Chris Pronger, and now <laughs> Shea Weber, and then Chris Pronger is like he's like welcome to the team, Shea is like we'll send you a schedule of our tea times. <laughs> <laughs> all those cap they they've just taken on cap of all those veterans to help out yeah. teams, yep. <laughs> but um but no freaking um like i said we'll be here the deadline's what next friday i assume when we get back together we'll probably with deadline recap um we would probably have to do our qb carousel and free agency because because middle march is when that kicks in so i think we'd have to do it then at least at least get it going and um especially the nfl is moving so quick right now too but but i just want to get your thoughts on a couple things before we uh sh- close up shop here mm-hmm the NFL season ended, Frank, but football still continues. We have the XFL debut last weekend. I I did a drive-by on a couple games. I just watched the Sports Center highlights. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. Yeah, me I'm too. Not too. I'm not too cheesed about it. I mean, I'm. I hope it works well. I, I, I you know, Dwayne's my guy. I love him. The Rock. You know, him and his his um, ex-wife slash business partner, Danny Garcia. Um, she, I hope that it does well for them and hopefully get some ratings. I, I might, you know, I might watch maybe not this week. But I might watch a little bit tonight or something when I get home from my things this afternoon. I might throw it on a little bit and see what's going on. But um, I just, I don't know. I just don't get, I mean, I guess Heinz Ward's a, a coach. Rod Woodson's a coach. Doug Whaley's the guy in charge of operations there, former uh, Bills GM and Pittsburgh native. And um, and then Frank uh, was it next month or end of this month is the USFL. So the XFL is on what? The XFL is on FX and ESPN, and I think Fox and NBC have the USFL. So you're gonna there's still football going, and I I'm just not really pumped. Um, I thought Roland Rivers of uh, Slippery Rock fame might come back with the Maulers, but I don't think that's happening. So I thought maybe I'd have a um, 
vested interest in that. Um, the Maulers did change their colors, Frank. To see that mm-hmm. they went black and gold with the, with the they didn't go the purple and orange like they had in the past. So they're trying to appeal more to Pittsburgh. And then and it's funny because they uh, the Arena Football League announced next year they're going to relaunch. So it's like how much football? How much football? Yeah, how much football? Too much football. What do you think? Right. I mean, what, do you, what do you think about that? No, I think it's definitely too much. And I think if these leagues would maybe all combine forces and create one secondary league, it could be better. But the talent's getting so thinned out with how many of these leagues there are. And then you even have that fan-created league with, like, that Johnny Manziel played in. (laughs) um, No, but like you said. Or Bryant's in the XFL. (laughs) Yeah, and Ben DiNucci. um, I I recognize some names. Um, Cheers, AJ McCarron. Oh boy, are you talking about a young guy there with a wife? <laughs> he, he wins all the time, brother. He wins. He wins every day. Every day That's, he wins. Uh, the biggest news is Catherine Webb in the in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. but uh, well, no, did you hear Cam Hayward say that he thinks that Martavis Bryant should get another NFL shot? I heard, and a lot of people are like the Steelers should give it to him. But um, no, I I, I will casually tune in, and it's back on today. Um, the XFL, I'll check it out, see how Heinz Ward does. He had a heartbreaking loss in his debut, like last second. AJ McCarron and St. Louis beat them, but no, I think the XFL with their marketing and with the Rock has a chance to be the best one of the secondary leagues. USFL, uh, I think, was a poor product last year, being all Yo, neutral. I agree. Neutral sites in Birmingham. I actually don't like the color change. I thought the Maulers had their own identity in purple and orange, and I was looking for T-shirts and stuff last year and couldn't find many. But uh, You might be able to find some. You know, If there's still some out there, I'll probably go on clearance now. That yeah, so I, I, I like that they were different because they were purple and orange back in the 80s, and it was cool to see that revived. Mike Rozier. Yeah, <laughs> right. But um, no, I don't think any of them are going to have much success. The NFL no. is just too much black hole it's the the xfl kind of got a bad deal because it was actually putting doing up okay numbers before covid right before covid hit. it was doing good numbers it's, so it's season covid wrecked it all yeah so it was actually a decent i remember eli rogers was on the dc defenders and yeah I, watching that before covid hit but uh maybe it has a chance to gain some legs uh, but i don't see the you i think the xfl coming about about is going to really ruin the usfl um, now that yeah. they have competition in the spring, but uh, no, I'm not gonna, you know, be too dialed in. But if I catch it, I'm gonna keep it on. That's yeah, it. And then lastly, before we, sh- last thing before we close it up, um, last night, Frank, it was in the. Uh, I always call it Dan Patrick always says this too, and I always make the joke. It's the, uh, it's always that Friday news dump. If you if you want to yeah. slip one by the goalie and you want to get it out of the mainstream eye, you, you dump it Friday night. That way, people don't report it as much. That's what usually a lot of those um with those baseball steroid news is that they'd always dump it on like Friday night that way mm-hmm. people wouldn't report on it, especially when it was going into NFL weekends. But late Friday night, Frank, um, I want to give uh I forget the guy's last name. His last name's Onrod of the Sporting News Journal, or Sports Business Journal. I'm sorry, Sporting Sports Business Journal <clears throat> reported that um Warner Brothers Discovery um under the the HBO um, Max umbrella there they they purchased HBO all that um. They've uh, sent notices to all the professional teams that are under regional sports networks. They own those AT&T Sportsnet uh, uh, channels um, that they have until March 31st to buy their way out of the deals. And if that is not met, um, their their assets will be liquidated in uh, Chapter 7 bankruptcy. 
So all the AT&T Sportsnet channels owned by Warner Brothers Discovery uh, will be filing for bankruptcy by then. And locally, Frank, that that involves a lot of teams nationally and MLB uh, and NHL teams mostly, NBA, some NBA clubs. Um, but uh, locally, Frank, that affects the Pirates and the Penguins, um, both of them. And uh, so it's it's tough. You know, we've we've done nothing but grow up with the regional sports network, whether it was. Uh, it was KBL, it was Prime Sports, it was Fox Sportsnet, Root, Root Sports, and then now in its current form, AT&T Sportsnet. Uh, but it looks like it's going away, Frank. When I think about it, I think of uh, the guys that have the jobs there. You know, Stan Saverin's been a, a benchmark since the, the channel launched, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stan Saverin, you know, Dan Potash, Robbie and Spakowski, and then you think about the announcers, Neil Walker, Greg Brown, Bob Walk, Joe Block, you know, Wayner, you know, Ari, Steve Mears. Um, a lot of those guys affiliated that network. I assume they, they, they would be moved over to other departments too, to wherever they go. But um, I don't know, Frank, where, where the future lies. I know uh, my friend Kevin and then Mike, who you, you and I talked to, uh, we, we floated ideas last night. I think what I think when I'll turn this over to you to get your reflection, what I'm going to say, my first, if I had to put money on where it goes from here, I think with the Penguins, I think they just, they move it to the Penn's TV app and then put a paywall behind it where you pay for the whole year. You get all the streaming games. They might, mm-hmm. they might maybe do, I would say you maybe do tiers where one tier is more ad based and it's cheaper. And then the other mm-hmm. one could maybe be more, more, um, more in-depth uh, content for more a month. The Pence TV app is the thing. I don't, the Pirates, I don't know what they would go with if they would have their own kind of thing that way, or or just MLB pick them up on that, uh, whatever that 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 cast they have on the the uh, the web there. Um, another thing I thought about, well, Kevin brought this up. Frank Kevin Brew brought this up. Was does WPXI or one, or one of the other local channels they have like the, that that point two channel you know, like where yeah. FS where AT and T had when the the Pens and Bucko games mm-hmm. uh, uh, coincided, they 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 conflicted. Maybe they do that. Uh, my idea was to maybe take a channel that doesn't get a lot of ratings. And um, you would know being a local Pittsburgh guy, like PCNC. Oh, this is like stupid local politics talk, like John yeah. McIntyre and Ellis Cannon. Talk. Like, yeah. no one watches that. It doesn't move the needle. The only show that ever moved the needle on that network was the Fedco phones, which we loved. And, uh, you know, if John retired, that was it. Maybe you take that network, Frank. You relaunch it as a Pittsburgh sports group network. You yeah. know the, you know Pittsburgh. You know Pittsburgh sports news, Pittsburgh cable sports channel, PCSC or something like that. And then you have the Pirates on there, the flagship, the Penguins, the flagship. You move some of those like Jerome Bettis show and Final Word shows on there. Maybe replay those. Um, I made a joke. I tweeted Jenna Harner the other day on Twitter. Get her her own show on there to talk sports. Maybe bring back like a sports beat show. And then you can just show replays of games on there. You could show Frank. You can give that as a platform to launch, you know, the high school games. Maybe, maybe Frank. Uh, well, no, they the Penn has the ACC network, so they're not going to, you know, do that. But maybe some of the games the ACC network don't show, or something like that. Uh, maybe let them have a feed of that. You know, mm-hmm. I think the possibilities are endless with that with that way to go too. Um, a lot of, or or maybe my last thing, and I'll throw it to you, is maybe another media conglomerate, you know, gobbles that gobbles it up too. Do they go to like an ESPN Plus and with a Pittsburgh twist on it? I don't know, but it is sad that you know, like the the the, the regional sports networks, and it's not just them. Uh, the the the, the Bally's networks have mm-hmm. they've uh, they've taken a hit too. It's just uh, I guess not enough money to go around, and and uh, they've taken you know, especially like streaming has kind of bit into it as well. So 
Uh, just kind of reaction where you think they go from here. And I feel like if they, if they do the Penn's TV streaming thing, then they would probably just bring Mears and Arian them over there and have them do it under mm-hmm. their umbrella, Potash. And, and I think some people may be casualties of that. Like maybe, you know, like, a, you know, I, th- I think they bring Colby. I think if, if Penn's TV had like a say, I think if I was them, I'm not saying that Bob Aaron necessarily be out, but maybe they put Colby Armstrong in there as the as the analyst there and give the kind of a new newer face of the of the, of the broadcast team with him and Mirzy. Interesting, you say Colby Armstrong. I actually saw him in Olive Garden last night. <laughs> <laughs> he was one? trying to he was trying to be incognito with a hat on, but I think uh, it was definitely him. But uh, no, which one did I, you go? Um, the the South Hills one where oh, I okay. yeah where I live. Yeah, I think so. I, I think he still lives around here, and that makes yeah. sense. Um, but no, I, I agree with everything you said, Bronson. It's a sad, a sad thing to hear. And it's a, it's bad timing. I actually off the air talked to you and said, well, they'll be able to finish out the year. Right. And you said, and I'm reading, no, I mean, this is going to end abruptly. And a lot of these, uh, teams in the good teams, Seattle Mariners, Houston Astros, Las Vegas, Golden Knights, um, not just the pirates and, you know, the Penguins still decent team. Um, are going to lose TV rights and during a playoff push late in the year. The Pirates are about to start a new season. Um, what's going to happen? I just ditched cable because I moved and went with Fubo TV. And it's one of the few that offer AT&T Sportsnet yeah. streaming. And now, luckily, I can cancel any time. But um, I I may be canceling. And just like you said, if they and that's a really good point, they might just move the Penguins to their own internal streaming thing. And it'll give the Fenway Sports Group a chance to launch their own streaming kind of platform, make the money from it, advertise it out. Like you said, a premium or a light version where you have to deal with ads if you buy the light version, $9.99 a month or $69.99 for the season, little yeah. packages like that that they can do. Premium version is $19.99 a month or $189 a season, whatever it would work out to. Um, and then possibly if if somebody like a Travis Williams at the Pirates who has ties at the Penguins, maybe the two teams could get together and start a Pittsburgh streaming app where pirate yeah. games and penguins games and like you said other little mini shows you know um it would be nice if an and over the air antenna channel like you said the point twos um like cozy tv um that's a that's wtae's point two channel yeah could, because then a lot more people could see it because that's free over the, the air. antenna guys yeah, the, the you just have to plug too. in one of those antennas i have a few in rooms that i don't have streaming yeah um, you just buy one of those $30 antennas, you can get 15, 20 channels. Um, you can get two, four, and 11 and, and see Steeler games, things like that. Yeah. And Fox, um, it'd be great. You know, Fox has the ability because of its Fox MLB Saturday showcase games, they have the ability to like produce MLB games. So yeah. I, I see it's possible that the Pirates, with the help of Fox, can get their games on Fox 53 which would be great this year because that would be free with an antenna. Yeah. Yeah. But see, here's see, but here's the conflict. Well, yeah. It would ha- but I think it would have to be like, like you said, a point too, because yeah. you have to keep in mind, Fox has like, 
They have the mass singer. They have yeah. You can't preempt that, that stuff, right? Yeah, they have the they have they have that content, which is why because mm-hmm. because I'm a buddy of mine said that why don't, why don't the penguins just go with CW? I said, well, CW falls into that too. They have like they have the, sh- the Green flash. Arrow, yeah, and, yeah, the Flash, all that stuff. And I said the the point the the channel twenty two the point which I believe is, is that's still a, it's my my Pittsburgh TV yeah yeah like well, that. yeah well, it's like that yeah but it's called there's one called the, the point whatever but um. It's it's also like an antenna channel, uh-huh. and um, they just run syndicated like old like Big Bang Theory two and a half men shows. Yeah, they I think that's that like yeah they can push that out easily because uh-huh. it's syndicated TV. Right. So I don't know. There's I, there's I, a solution out there, and a lot of people are scrambling right now probably for it. Um, the thing with the Penguin streaming thing is is it, it's it's gonna piss people off who 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 just live by the the cable and the TV. Yeah, like my dad. Like it's gonna be yeah. hard for my mom and dad to figure out like. How am I going to get pirate games now? And they, you know, in, in a sense, it's, they could essentially do both. They could do the Pens TV streaming with with an assistance from, like you said, the point two on one of those the antenna networks, and do that that way too. Yeah, split like, the West, split the games up. Yeah, and or, or, and, and, set, and like have it on the antenna networks, but incentivize you that if you get it on the app, then you get all these little. You know bonus, the, the bells and bonus content, yeah, bonus yeah. content, bells and whistles. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not, it's nothing where it's gonna be like, hey, it's gonna take two months to figure out. Like, they're gonna have to f- come up with this fairly quick, Frank, to get the promotion and advertising. Well, Bronson, there. Bronson, let's pool our savings together and start the NLN network. Dude, I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> well, Justin and Nico don't get out of this too. They got, they got definitely. Well, we, uh, we, so we formally are extending to the Penguins and the Pirates the ring. <laughs> to to stream their content on our network, there it is. And then you know, we Frank and I would want jobs too. So you gotta give us jobs. Yeah, I want to uh, be play by play and color in. And one thing, I, and I, this is dumb. I, I knew you'll laugh. I said, I thought about doing that too. Where we do like a live stream of an event, and we and we just provide play by play and anal. Oh, analyze. I've thought of that too. You know, we should you, totally do that, like for a game. I, I'm on board with that for a Pens game or Pirates game. So yeah, I mean, I I, I take a back seat to the to the captain over here doing play by play. I just be the analyst or something, but yeah, no, uh, that's, that's a big topic, and I'm that's going to break in the next week or two here to see where we're going to have the rest of the pen season and then pirate games. Like, I I have to figure it out because I just signed up for Fubo and I paid for three months of it, so I I will get you know I'm already yes. I, I'll I'll lose out on two months of it. I won't get refunded, but because um, they <laughs> they bill you by the three months. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I'll be I'll be forced to sign up for Pens TV and Pirates TV apps, or if MLB.com MLB.tv lets you sign up for that, um, they have to take away blackouts because they currently yeah. black out local games, and then they have to take out the ability to cast it to a TV. Because if you if you buy MLB.tv and you like try to Apple Play to a TV, it says you cannot do this because they don't want you to like. Cable yeah. companies like don't want you to, so they have to like take away some of that stuff if you're going to have it on the MLB.tv app. I'll sign up for the season, but I'm going to want to be able to put it on my TV, not phone. That's fair. So, but uh, stay stay tuned. Yeah, we'll, have, we'll announce it, and we'll, and we'll we'll break it as it comes. But uh, we're heading to the end here, and I just want to the next show. I, I would have to think because Frank and I probably let's be realistic, probably won't get together till. It, it, the beginning of March, I think that's probably a good way to do our QB carousel because yeah. free agency starts middle of that month. So QB carousel. Plus, I'm sure by the time we record next time, a whole buttload of stuff's going to happen in the NFL. Yep. When we, when we hit and the NHL again. trade deadline. NHL trade deadline will happen. We the playoff push. We'll hit those. Baseball um, will be close to I, start. It. World Baseball Classic will be. World close. Baseball Classic. Yeah. I'm excited for that. And so we'll, we'll we'll be here along the way. I was looking for. I had um. 
if you remember last episode, Frank, we talked about coaches getting traded, right? Yeah. Well, I had some downtime one day a few weeks ago, and I had how all those trades turned out and the players that were drafted on those, and I have it on That's piece right. of paper. I remember you teased I, that. I was looking for the paper. I had Frank kind of cover me for a minute. I go, look, I could not find it, but I promise I will find it for next episode. And there's some funny ones on there. You'd be shocked at what, what how something's turned out, but um, we'll give that to you next episode. Hopefully we can get Mike on the show. I actually contacted Mike today about recording. He's in beautiful, lovely uh, Myrtle Beach. Uh, wow. Yeah, beautiful Myrtle Beach down there, the, uh, hanging out. So he's he's living life out of reach right now. But he said he would love to be on here for the next show. Maybe we can collab on a, on a day where all three of us can be on, mm-hmm. even if I have to go to the Shuttleworth location. So a lot of times when Mike and I record, we record at his house. Um, but maybe we'll we'll figure something out. But yeah. I'd love to get Mike. I'm sure Mike's gonna definitely want his say on the Penguins, and he's so opinionated on the Penguins. Yeah, that's his passion, right? I love I love I love debating. Me, I wish you guys could see some of the debates we have on text and stuff. We we debated Ty Smith the other day. We debated <laughs> uh, Dumoulin. We 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 do go out a little bit, which which I I love him for it, and he's a good friend and to the show, and and he's brought such a positive. Uh, uh, production here to our show. We'll, 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 we will integrate him more definitely more into it. But um, um, that's all I have to say, and uh, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, to <laughs> Anything you want to add, Frank, before we, we close the shop here? No, Bronson, you'll like this. I just want to wish a, us at the NLN Sportscast want to wish a very happy birthday to Ric Flair, turning 73 to, today. Uh yeah, and uh, and no, it's uh, that was a fun one, Bronson. That was a good little tidy three-topic episode with a little grab bag at the end. I like that format. Um, like Bronson said, we'll be back with you in two or three more weeks with uh, some more great content with so much blowing up in the sports world. So, and we'll have updates on all this, all the current stuff that we we talked about today. So, yeah, this was a blast, Bronson. I can't wait till next episode, and uh, was glad to be back on with you today. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go off script here and say. Well, after the, other than thanking Justin and Nico from Next Level Nerd, uh, thanking Frank's wife and uh, and uh, Mom of the Year Katie <laughs> for for everything, and she's she's awesome, and they've been total rock stars, even getting the show out to you and with dealing with all they've been dealing with. Yeah, baby um, and moving and <laughs> yeah. Um, just thank you to all of them. Thanks to Frank for, of course, always continuing to do this with me. Thank and Mike. Even though Mike hasn't been on the show, he he contributes more than you guys realize. So, uh, thanks to Mike. And uh, until next time, you know, I'm not doing I'm not doing FTR and I'm not doing Kenny Omega. I'm gonna take a page out of the birthday boy, because when it comes to the NLN Sportscast, whether you like it or you don't like it, it's the best thing going today because to be the man (laughs) you gotta beat the man and you know what i gotta do frank we gotta do it we gotta absolutely do it to close the show frank's gonna he's doing the nature boy strut you gotta do it i gotta gotta, i gotta hold on i gotta cue it up baby um let's see there we go we gotta do it for frank conti hold on i'm gonna fast forward here technical difficulties I'm freaking my dog out with the the Nature Boy strut. He just woke up. No, it's really. Here we go. Woo! Happy is, birthday! This, Seventy-three years young. He should. So many times he should have been dead too. He just, the Nature Boy is a different level, man. He's so probably going to be in WrestleMania this year at seventy-three doing something. <laughs> Probably. 
<laughs> so for all of us and for the nature boy Ric Flair, happy birthday to Ric Flair. I'm Bronson Allman. Stay tuned to the next episode of the Next Level Nerd Sportscast. Take it easy, everybody. Hockey. Throw me the baseball. Now toss me the pigskin. Now feed me the rock. Now give me the rock.